Hey gang, Hydraberg here, a cut above horror review. Tonight we are joined by John, aka Kinetic Onslaught, co-host of The Cinemigos, my other podcast. It's a show about friends recommending movies to one another. So tonight we separate man from machine with 2018's Upgrade. Much like technology, don't let episode 130 of A Cut Above pass you by, because it's starting now. Cut my life into pieces! Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be reviewing Upgrade from 2018. But first, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, I'd like to give a warm welcome to a first-time guest on here, but not a newbie to us. It's John from Cinemigos Podcast, but let's not get confused. We've got two Johns tonight. We'll try to keep it clear for you. <laughs> welcome, John. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, very excited about this. Berg uh, had said, hey, I think I got one that'll work for you. I said, absolutely. I'd love to hang out with the crew. I don't necessarily know the movies you guys cover, but I always listen. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I love listening to you on um, Cinemigos. It's a great show. I think you guys really hit the ground running. I mean, it's just kind of an immediate success. Like, it just sounds good right off the bat. I appreciate that because it was uh, terrifying, to be honest with you. <laughs> Starting out is just like anytime you jump into something new, you know, it's just like like I listen to a lot of podcasts, but it doesn't necessarily know what I'm doing. So but yeah, it's a, it's been a good time, you know, with the, the help of Berg and Rob. They've been fantastic partners to just yeah, be like, yeah. hey, you know, try this, try that. So, uh, yeah, it's been a real good time. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're a national. Well, yeah, well, it, it, that's exactly right. It does sound very natural between the three of you. I think the, uh, you know, casting, if you will, mm -hmm. is really good. Um, I like I like hearing the three of you guys together. It all just kind of blends well. It's a good yeah. melange, if you will. Well, I was just, yeah, a melange, if you will. <laughs> a good melange. Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, like I said, it just really has sounded good right off the bat. It doesn't sound like you guys are going through an awkward phase until you hit your stride. You just hit it. So, um, yeah, and we had like several episodes. I kind of wanted to record like a bunch ahead mm -hmm. of time so that way, you know, like scheduling can be an issue. So, and nice then peek behind the curtain there, Hydraberg. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've said it before, we I've said it on our show, yeah. Too. Um, but just that, uh, I know these guys for a while probably frustrated with me, like, well, are we ever actually gonna? Like have a podcast or yeah, well, I think we banked like fifteen episodes and it was like not yet. Can, yeah. We're not ready. Oh, we're honest, yeah. All right, man. <laughs> no, but it's nice to have that buffer. So yeah. yeah sure. But I think that helped us gel too. So now that Absolutely. we're getting to like, you know, double digits, we got some good stuff coming up. Well, yeah. it shows. It really does. And so just I'm all the more happy to have you on here for your first guest appearance here on a yes. cut above. It's Excited. gonna be a great time. Um, can't wait to hear what you think about this movie. And next up, we got the other John, our our regular John, our normal no. John. No, today I'm going to be fake John, or you can call me Juan. Juan. Okay, I'll call you Juan. I'll call him Juan. I like that. I can buy into that. <laughs> John, uh, awesome to have you on. I do speak your guys' praises on Cinemigos, both you, Hydraberg, well, all three of you, Hydraberg, you and uh, uh, Rob, I, I did really enjoy your past episode, this past episode, the big red one, which was fucking awesome. So, so Thank happy you. to have you on. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, to Jacqueline, to Heisenberg. Uh, so good to be back. Let me just preface this, but 
Um, I'm not going to sound the greatest today because I've been battling a flu during the holiday season. So I've been living off of Excedrin, water, and Theraflu like the, mm. for the past couple of days. So I apologize if I sound not great today. No need for apologies. I'm sure we've all been there and it tends to happen right at the holidays. So we all feel for you for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And last but not least, we got Hydroberg. How's it going? I'm sorry, Nanoberg. How's it going? Nanoberg. Mm. <laughs> what is going on? How is everybody tonight? Johnny Five is alive. I'm going to do the whole show like that. I'm going to speak in ones and zeros. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so amusing, but I really do. <laughs> yeah. So actually, was that, what was that movie, Grandma's? Grandma's yeah, boy yeah, grandma, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you were going off of? Yeah, yeah. Audio start nuggets. Yep. Uh what's going on, guys? <laughs> How you doing? What's happening? Uh John, welcome to uh Cut Above. I'm glad to see you on here. I know you're not he's not a big horror guy, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Podcast. It's good to be on the show. Oh yeah. I've talked about it a bunch, but I just I uh I don't like being scared. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I just not for everybody. Yeah. So and that's okay. No judgments here. I mean, maybe a little, but not. Really. I know. I know. I know. I, talk, I <laughs> welcome them. I understand completely. That's okay. Uh, it, well, and you know, I think this was probably a good movie for you to come on to discuss. It's kind of a little bit adjacent to horror, mm-hmm. so hopefully, it didn't totally. it didn't get under your skin too bad. But we'll get more into it. So, um, yeah, uh, nice to see you guys. It's the day after Christmas. I hope everybody's holidays were good. People get a little bit of rest and relaxation, at least. I did, yeah. Yeah, for sure. John, no, you've been miserable. I was sick, yeah. yeah. Was. You, John, what did you watch? You watched all the uh, evil bongs again while you were, while we were cooped? No, actually, I, I jumped on Max and watched uh, Guy's Grocery Games, and I kept <laughs> falling asleep and watching it again. And You, you were know, in like a few state. You just kept waking up. You didn't know what time it was. Yeah. I wasn't even hungry have- you could have used this time more productively. You could have watched all the witchcraft movies, parts one through six. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you could have beat Stephen and Leo to it. Yeah, yeah. spoils a horror. Like, would have, would have loved that. But yeah. no, I, I did my evil bomb like marathon, but uh, I did guys' grocery games. But I mean, that's all I could do. I could just lay in bed and do jack shit. So yeah, that actually sounds good. Like, you don't have to, you know, use your brain too much. You can kind of yeah. just sit there and absorb. Watch him go, Flavor Town. <laughs> <laughs> that was surprisingly animated from a person with a yeah. flu. <laughs> well done. Theraflu. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> we should be sponsored by Theraflu. <laughs> John's appearance here, thanks to Theraflu. That's right. Theraflu, thank you so much for getting me through the flu season. I appreciate you. You, you hit that Theraflu perfect, John. That was beautiful. It sounded just like the commercial. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it did, actually. And my, voice is, my voice is down like eight octaves right now i'm just trying to give me a billy real quick give me i'm billy <laughs> all right well the tone was kind of cool but your effort was a little piss poor but it's all right give me a break he's got the flu man i'm like 65 percent right now give me a break come on That's man, bird. Give me billy. Yeah. how it's done oh. <laughs> anyway dude that's perfect I, kn- I didn't realize your shirt either there john what's that say it's a Tootie fucking fruity. Oh, again? Oh, like the yeah. Rob Zombie film? Have oh, you changed yeah. since last week? Or have you just been yeah. I, No, I <laughs> Jacqueline, I do laundry. Calm <laughs> down. Big sweat stains, this is like, this is from our buddy Matt. He gave this to me. 
I did laundry, but this oh, is like my new. I have my shirt is- on from him, my life force shirt. Oh no! Nice. Oh man! Yeah. Why didn't you guys tell me? I would have coordinated. I never even got to got a chance last week to say what my we, shirt was that I got. Hold on, that. hold on. We didn't leave you out of this. The one thing is, is, I do laundry. I got it done. I love this shirt. It's I love this color. So that's why I decided to wear it today. No, yeah, those I are good color. reasons. Uh, those mm-hmm. are good reasons. Yep. Can I talk about my shirt now? Yeah, God damn, it's oh, been yeah. two Please. weeks, and I've, I've tried like four times to tell people what my shirt is. What um, is it? So Matt sent me the best shirt ever. It is the box art from um, <laughs> Fruit Brute Cereal, which oh, yeah. was the uh, the trigger point for a legendary uh, controversy on this show. <laughs> the time that I was eating Fruit Brute and you guys asked me what I was eating. I said, oh, I'm eating Fruit Brute. You know, it's part of that monster cereal collection with like Count Chocula and Frankenberry mm. and all that. And I, I feel like Fruit Brute is kind of like the underappreciated like step cousin or whatever of the gang. But actually, it's like super tasty. And I was eating it. It's like a year ago. I don't know. And uh, you guys were like, oh, what are you eating? I said, oh, I fruit said, how does the milk taste? Yeah. Oh, does the milk taste? I said, it's cherry flavored. You're like, oh, does the milk taste really good when it's gone? And that, of course, uh, caused the great revelation that I don't put milk on my and you cereal. you shared too much. You shared it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't think it was too much at the time because I didn't think it was going to be so controversial. But anyway, so my shirt has the wonderful box art from the Fruit Brute cereal box on it. And I wear it with pride and I still am not going to put any goddamn milk on my cereal. Fight me. That's how you know Matt's like one of the number one cutters. You know what I mean? Because (laughs) uh, he just he knows the show. And then the gifts that he got us are based on you know episodes so specific to each of us it's perfect that's awesome yeah so thanks a lot john john Mm. john too not you john not you juan Mm. (laughs) john how do you feel about the milk on cereal issue is it tolerable to eat cereal i don't know i've never even actually asked i should have asked you that before we started podcasting that's our litmus test are you are you allowed on the yeah for me it depends on the cereal you know what i mean like i can do i i think you i could not do captain crunch with no milk i think that's Mm -hmm. a little uh, excessive (laughs) but uh honey bunches of oats I, i i definitely eat that just like granola Mm-hmm. Honey bunches mm-hmm. of oats. I could take that range. Yeah. So well, somebody, opinion, somebody brought up cereal like out of a bag, right? Like a snack. Yeah, no, I'm not right. saying that. I've I've done that too as a snack, right? But what is the fucking difference? Because <laughs> okay. I also eat it with with milk, like normally, like the way it's normally eaten. Okay, but that wasn't the argument. The argument was like, what? you didn't, I didn't put say milk it was on your cereal. Yes, you milk. did. No, you said I never eat it with milk, and that's what okay. I was like taking aback by. Well, here, Jack, I'm going to join join your side. I'm going to join your side for once. Um, (laughs) What's what happens is like with kids, don't you put like or or not Oreos, but Cheerios into a bag and they don't eat it with milk, but it's just a very nutritious kind of like snack for them. Yes. Or I'll put it in a bowl and they will eat it with a spoon or with their hands and just like eat it. I'm not opposed to using cereal as a snack. I just said. I thought it was I don't know. You guys fucking crucified me. Yeah, it was it, it was multiple episodes it came on. It's been brought oh, absolutely. up. Quite it's a few coming times. up. We're talking about it now for five minutes. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna withdraw. I'm gonna I'm gonna join Jacqueline's side. There cereal it is. without gonna, milk. You're not gonna put milk in your cereal anymore, is what you're telling me? Because that's what that I means. don't eat cereal. He's joined anymore. he's joined the right side. You don't eat cereal? Oh, so that's why you don't even have he's found the, the truth dog in this race, bro. Juan's eyes have been opened. He's seen the light. <laughs> 
That's true. I only see true. one John right now on Zoom, and that's John God, Other. John Other. Other John. Alliances were broken. Yeah, the other John, I'm crushing your head. Friendships, <laughs> friendships were destroyed. Crushing your head. Anyway, milk's with, good with cereal. It's it's good with other things. Soggy cereal is disgusting, cereal, period. I have a method to how do I eat my cereal so it doesn't get soggy. And every cereal has its own way of eating it because they're different textured. Well, so, I'm so glad we're not going to talk about this movie today. I mean, that's what I'm happy <laughs> Let's get into news. Is there any news? Yeah, there is. I don't know. Did I skip anything? <laughs> no. Jacqueline, John, take over. you want to tell us about some news? <laughs> Sure. Uh, Christopher Landon. <laughs> Christopher Landon, <laughs> who was tied to direct Scream Seven, has officially pulled out as director. Um, this is going to be a disaster. This uh, it totally is. Uh, he he actually quote is quoted as saying the production was a nightmare. Mm. Um, it went from a dream to a nightmare. <laughs> it absolutely did. Um, well, you had the two top stars like pull out of the show, or, or um, I guess that one gal got pulled out because of the controversial comments she made, and then Jenna Ortega left because she had other commitments. So, it, you know, I think Scream Seven's not going to be good. I, I, I think know. they just need to scrap it, dude. I think they just need to like Same. stop the bleeding and and pull the plug. Was this was a new lot of band of screams? Was this after the show? Because there was an yes. MTV show or something. Right? Different. Yep, that was that was, that was a few years ago. Yeah. yeah, it's like the story at all tie into those new ones, or it's just like that's just like something that's the show is just like yep, that's throw that. I don't aside. think it connects to the show. I don't think it no. connects to the show at all. But it, there are several connections to their previous movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but I don't think it's I don't think it's canonical. I don't think it's actually right. connected to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of people are saying that Scream 6 was like one of their favorite horror movies of 2023. So, you know, as we're wrapping people? up. That like ladders? Is, the, is uh, any, are any of those people on this show right now? Well, yeah. I'm not a, I'm are not those a big that Scream. Think New York looks like Ca- uh, Canada. Those are people. <laughs> I couldn't see the breath. I, I, have you guys seen Scream 6? Yeah. Yeah, I have. How was it? I mean, just to, like without this. spoiling it, it was okay, fine. Without spoiling it, it was my yeah. least favorite entry in the franchise. Ooh. Oh wow! Oh wow! It did yeah. nothing to me. I don't know. It started like it was going to do something inter- interesting, and then it was just like, eh. it seemed well, like they put the marketing behind it because I feel like it was out there pretty hard, and the, yeah, oh, yeah. a That's lot true. of people were were talking like, "Oh yeah, this looks fantastic. It's going to be great." And that that's all I really remember hearing about. It. I didn't see it to be fair. Some people but. really liked it. Yeah. Well, it just it continued some things from part five that like that I didn't love and it went further with them. And so I just didn't love it more. And mm-hmm. it, I think it had some cool ideas. Like I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing how they were going to do it with kind of the action relocated to New York. And you're right. The marketing was heavy. And like I, I actually thought the marketing was pretty brilliant yeah, in some cool. cases. Yeah. But um, yeah, just story story was. I feel like all of the times that I complain the most about movies, it all comes down to the storytelling. Like it's rarely about like the acting or the production value. Like I'm very forgiving about those things. Mm -hmm. Anytime I hate something, it's because of poor storytelling. And that was the case for this one. There were just elements in the story that I thought sucked, unfortunately. Well, let me ask you, Jack. I don't want to take away. I don't want to take away from people who loved it. It just wasn't my thing. Sure. Well, let me ask you, Heidelberg and Jacqueline, is that you both have seen it. Did it feel like, Maybe a forced entry like um, yeah. Blumhouse did for Halloween. I don't know. 
I'm not a big scream guy to be honest, but I check. I'm I'm the same way, but I mean, I know people are scream guy. I mean, I would say I'm a pretty like avid scream guy, and um, yeah, I just be a guy if you want. I I love the series through part four, and there were some things starting to happen in part five that I thought were taking it in a direction that was like not what I want to see in a Scream movie. Like it, it was deviating too much. Hyderberg, you said that Scream movies are formulaic in your opinion. And I, I agree with that to an extent actually, yeah, I mean, but for me, the formula works. And so I'm yeah. happy with it. And so I kind of have this, like, if it's not broken, why fix it? Vantage point on it. And I feel like they started trying to fix it with part five um, and, and then f- went further down that road in part six. It's just for nostalgia filled, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's really mm-hmm. meant to, like, make you think of all the other scream films yeah and so i like i don't even want since we're not reviewing it i don't i don't want to get into what i didn't like specifically Mm. but and and again i don't want to take away from people who did like it because i don't want to say it's objectively a bad film i'm not saying that at all it just wasn't how i personally would have preferred that it go that's yeah not your cup of tea yeah 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 Yeah, for sure so but i was disappointed to be honest All right. Uh, did you guys know that Jordan Peele was working on a fourth movie? Yes. Yeah. When's it happening? What is it? <sighs> Tell me everything. All right. So um, we know nothing about Jordan Peele's fourth movie. Uh, apparently, Daniel Kaluuya and Stephen Yoon are attached to it. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Mm. Um, no information's given about it. It was supposed to come out December 25th of next year. Uh, that got pushed back by Universal Pictures, which kind of worries me a little bit. Yeah, it's not a great um, sign. I'm not worried. I just no. think, look at look at the other films that were going to be coming out that same. Well, like in the story that I read, um, Jordan Peele actually suggested that because that's when Robert Eggers' Nosferatu is coming out. It mm. sounds like a cool day for audience members to go to the theater, but it also we have to make a decision to go see sure. one of those films, and then it's pr- they're probably going to hurt each other by all being. No, out. dude, fuck my family. I'm just going to go to the movies all day. <laughs> yeah, what was the third film? It's it was going to be Jordan Peele's. Then we got Nosferatu, and there was one more, right? Uh, shit. What is it? Remember who else was putting out a there, film? Was there something else? I don't know. Because two is not that bad. You could do a little twofer. There's one more too. On Christmas, yeah, day. back to back on a yeah, that's always nice. Anyway, yeah, My I don't family. know. Though John, I, it's Jordan Peele. I mean, I think he's gonna if he takes time to do something or he delays something, it's for a reason, you know. A good yeah, reason. I mean, there's no information about the movie. It's mm-hmm. just that that oh, Stephen Yoon and and Daniel Kaluuya are, are are both attached yeah. to the movie, but there's like no premise to the movie. So if if no, that's nope the case, like <laughs> 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 nope too. <laughs> If he does a sequel, I will be blown away. Well, if you remember, he really kept details about Nope pretty close under his hat for a long time until just the very last minute. So, like, you're absolutely right. Like, I think all we had for a while, and even this was pretty late in the game, was like poster art. Yeah, it was a cloud with just like some the little tail, like a kite tail or whatever. And then, yeah. Yeah. uh, And then, like, even, you know, more last minute, then we got a teaser, but that didn't even reveal much. But that was, Mm -hmm. that was enough for people to be like, oh, aliens probably. And that's that's literally all we knew until it came out. What'd you say? Nope. No, I was just wondering if John's seen Nope. I think that's one of those films you could probably get. Yeah, I seen it. I liked the, I liked Get Out. I watched Get Out, Us. Nope. I liked them. Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan Peele's awesome. I mean, I'm, 
I'll watch whatever he's going to put out. Um, yeah, and Key and Peele was fantastic. You know what I oh, mean? Fuck. I love Key and Peele. So it was like, uh, I remember just being weirded out at first. Like, wait, what? That dude is doing mm-hmm. horror? Like a secret passion of his. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, episodes, though. There's, there's horror elements in their episodes. Yeah, for sure. Where I've seen skits. Well, uh, yeah, I think that the fact that, that he realizes that Robert Eggers is coming out with a horror movie like around the same time, I it's a respect thing, you know, and the horror uh, horror um, movie community loves each other. So everybody so- supports each other. So I think he just went, yeah, let's back yeah. it up. We'll do production yeah, later. Coming out this yeah. next year anyway. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my very last story in Jacqueline, I think you're going to love this. Arrow Video is releasing a box set on oh, Blu-ray called Inside the Mind of Coffin Joe. Oh, I need it. I want it. I need it. Gotta have it's it. A di- it's a 10-disc set. Got all those films. Shit. Tons of special features mm-hmm. coming out January 15th. It's got some of his fingernail clippings in there too. I nice. <laughs> <laughs> what about some of his <laughs> unibrow shaving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Chase uh, Well, um, they just oh, added that is extremely uh, awesome. Yeah, they just added that because we did brow vember, so that's the reason why they're oh, adding. Oh, yeah, they heard oh. our they heard our, our November month mm-hmm. and wanted to put out a, a nice uh, product, you know, to go along with it. Uh, Congratulations what, we remember what the what's that? I said, congratulations to a cut above. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, John, do we know the price on that set? Uh, they did not say it in the story, but um, I'm sure it's probably going to be. Um, say it's over. Around, I would say $100. Yeah. 10 discs. Yeah. yeah, that sounds 10 yeah. bucks a disc. Yeah. That sounds yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they're not like. Should I spend $100 on this? I think on that, yes. All right, somebody look it up. It's on arrowvideo.com. I'm going to it up now. I'm on it. Let me see. My right. mom sent me, my mom um, has given up, I guess, on giving me presents for Christmas. So she's just sending me cash. And so I'm like, hmm, is this how I should spend my cash? gift cards? Yay. <laughs> Yo, she just sends me straight cash. I'm like, all right. Uh, I mean, nice. this guy gets gift cards. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a, a awesome video. Coffin way, Joe inside the mind. 110 of bucks. You could save. Oh, that's not bad. If you buy right now, you save thirty bucks. Okay. Mm. Should I do it, you guys? Yeah. Pull the trigger on air right now. Let's go. I love when you guys enable me. (laughs) I mean, it's a sweet looking set, and Arrow makes really nice stuff. It's all. It's going to be packed. Like this is a definitive set. Yeah. Wait, is it Blu-ray or 4K? Because I don't. I don't have a 4K player. Blu-ray. Okay. No, this is just Blu-ray, and I believe it's just regular. Um. Maybe I should buy a 4K player instead. I don't think they they have this on 4K there. Well, it's going to be loaded with like special features. You know what it is. I mean, oh, it's got a ton. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of print art too. Like, uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a sweet looking set. I'd be tempted to buy it because I feel like one day you're going to make us cover these things anyway. So I am going to make you cover. <laughs> well, there's only one. There's only one of the main ones that we have to cover left. I know he like he appears yeah. as Coffin Joe in a bunch of other movies, but there's only like the main coffin joe trilogy that i insist on and we've done two of them so it's a very cool looking set yeah i really want that oh yeah. but speaking of 4k hydroberg you know how um i was talking to you guys about how i wanted to buy that grindhouse set from like australia or something yeah, yeah. so i bought it and because it, it was like region free yeah but it is 4k and i'm like god damn it yeah, yeah. i thought you knew that <laughs> i didn't know that uh. 
So I got to get a 4K player anyway. Yeah. Damn. We're doing another Cop and Joe movie? Yes, we're good. We got to do Embodiment of Evil. Yeah, keep up with us, John. Come on. Damn it. It's a trilogy. I've been saying that. What do you mean, damn it? Remember, it comes, like remember it came time. out like 20 years after or something like that? or like Yeah, like later? more than that, like 40 years. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, because I think the second one was like late 60s or early. It was I think it was like late 60s, right? Yeah. What are we, Rob like, from Cinemigos? Yeah, word. <laughs> well, yeah, one of us is. Kind of. Well, I think the first one was like 63-ish, and I think the second one was like 68-ish, and then the third one wasn't until maybe 2009, give or take. Oh, shit. That's so like yeah. a 40-year 40 year. And then gap, he made but... films in between, you said, but they weren't like necessarily Coffin Joe. Yeah, they, like he what he appeared as Coffin Joe in the movies, but they weren't okay. like Coffin Joe movies, if that makes I any sense. I get it. It looks so, great. I want it. I do want it. I mean, for 100 bucks, that's a good you know amount of content. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. The packaging's nice. It's got color to it. It's it's cool. It looks pretty awesome. And like I said, it's not like these things. Like you said, like for the longest time, finding any of his stuff online it was all just DVDs. If anything, yeah, I've been watching like these shitty like um, YouTube trans like videos. Yeah, <laughs> just like and it's not like the most popular thing where someone's gonna try and put out another one after this. I feel like this is the one if you're gonna get one. So yeah, I probably Thank will. You. I enable you. I Thank enable you. Thank you. I actually, I really appreciate enablers. I like to live my life guilt-free. Word. So. <laughs> well, there you go, Jacqueline. <laughs> January January 15th, Inside the Mind of Cop and Joe. You can get right. everything. That's my New Year's resolution. Buy whatever Listening I want. Joe. I have no remorse. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be asking you guys for money later. <laughs> uh, we'll start a, a Patreon. We'll start a Patreon so we can pay Thank for you. Jacqueline's like I just, new addiction. If I ever come to your house, I want to see those fingernail shavings. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. John, that that's was good news. I... Thanks for sharing Thank that news. That was that was exciting stuff. Sure, um, that's all I got. You guys ready to get into upgrade a little bit? Sure. Hey, you ready for me to upgrade you? Upgrade you. Let me, let me upgrade you. Hydraberg, this was your pick, man. Would you like to tell that's us why? Pick. All right, so uh, I saw this film when it came out. I saw it in the theater. Uh, a buddy of mine, actually, that I met online on Xbox. I had known him for several years. Uh, he was going to be in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's in the military, and he was going to be um, in an area doing some, like, um, I don't know, he's learning something new for his job or whatever. And he was like, yo, I'll take a ride out there if you want to hang out. So I had him over. A lot of people at work were like, what are you, crazy? You got this Xbox buddy coming over? You don't know this guy. I was like, nah, man. I was like, but you do. We defeated Atheon together. If anybody plays Destiny, they know. That's that. a bond. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I trust this dude. So he came over and we did a bunch of cool stuff. We went to an escape room. We played video games and we went out and saw this movie. I took him to see this movie. That's cool. And I, I didn't even know what I was just like, oh, this looks interesting. Upgrade. I hadn't even heard of it, actually. And then I was like, man, this thing kind of rocked my socks off. It was I wasn't expecting it. And I didn't even know Lee Wano was connected to it or anything like that. And then it just kind of it dawned on me that I thought it would be a good pick to put John into uh, to get him on the show because it's, it's like you said, it's a horror adjacent sort of techno sort of horror thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. And it's a pretty gnarly film. I thought it would be a fun watch. I'm glad so. you picked it. Um, this, this happens frequently where I'm excited about certain picks because they are things that I have wanted to watch for a long time that have been Bright like on, sitting on my list. Yeah. Brightburn was one. Of and I just kind of never got around to doing it because mm-hmm. my time is limited. And so uh, I get excited when I have an excuse to watch something for the show that I've been wanting to watch and mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to. And this was one of them. So I was specifically excited about this one. 
Um, so I'm really glad you picked it because I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. So I actually, the three of you guys had not seen it. I'm the only one that's seen it. Oh, for real? You guys haven't yeah. either? The Johns? Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I've, the, John, <laughs> the Johns from me. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like Juan, an episode of Cinema. Big John and Little John. What? <laughs> Big John, Little John. Yeah, like from from, uh, from Halloween. Uh, yeah, kills. All right. Kills. Yeah. All right. <laughs> nice tie in. <laughs> now wait, we just got to decide now which one's Big John and which one's Little John. I'm Little John. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> from the windows, John, to the walls? Or? I don't think we need to go any further with that. <laughs> so you know the lyrics, Jacqueline. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, fellas, let's decide whether upgrade fucks or sucks. Mm-hmm. Hyderberg, it's your pick, so you go first. Uh, yeah. This this film is like only ever being into barehanded handjobs and then coming into possession of the most lethal sensual sex toy ever. A toy so advanced it milks the life out of you and then inserts its own inside of you. God it's a techno colored dream fuck. Oh, wow. All right. That was artful. <laughs> Big John, what do you say? Yeah. So like uh, uh, the woman you see at the end of the bar, <laughs> this is. Uh, <laughs> well done. <laughs> nah, this is uh, this is one of those things where it's like you think you're advanced sexually. And you come across this woman and you go, okay, I know I got some moves. I'm going to show her something here. And then you get in there and you are the one that just gets completely blown away. And you look like the rookie there and, and mm-hmm. she'll leave you calling her back. So this is a, a begging for another fuck. That's, oh, that's wow. Cool. Yeah. All How right. about you, Jacqueline? Uh, it fucks. I just, no. I, <laughs> just that nice like classic fuck. Yep. 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 It just, oh. uh, I, I, it, it was a sexy, a sexy person that I saw across the room and I thought that's probably a good fuck. And I was right. Yeah. So that's nice. it. <laughs> Little John, what say you? Right. Juan. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you said little John. Um, wow. This was a boy. Um, it, it was a fun movie to watch. You think it's going to be an awesome fuck, but it's not the best that you've ever seen. It goes a little long. You kind of go like, mm, "What am I? What am I experiencing here?" So I'm gonna, unless you guys can convince me otherwise, I'm gonna say this is a flaccid fuck. Huh? Okay. Okay. All right. I'm curious to hear more about that. Yeah. Okay. All right, John. You want to drop the spoiler warning so we can get into details? Juan. Sorry, Juan. How much okay. airflow were you on when you watched this, John? I just need to know. <laughs> <laughs> A lot. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Upgrade from 2018 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, then come back to find out what we thought about it. All right. Hyderberg, do you have a reach around ready for us? Mm, I have an upgraded reach around, yes. Do you have like a, a bionic fist or something? Mm. Bionic fist? <laughs> well, I mean, kind of make a fist, you know, like I'm just saying. For a reach around, yeah. Yeah, be worried I, I, that I, you I, might hug something right off. Do we need to I, like make a diagram? No, <laughs> no. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. This is secret information. Hold on, I gotta whip my whistle. Gotta moisten your throat. Oh yeah, moistening. Okay. How are your How are your eyes? Are they moist? They're all right. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. A technophobe with tech he's severed. Good with hands on cars he's clever. No fan of digital. Analog is better. A Neanderthal inside his cave, implant-free the way we're made. 
No need for updates, because he's no slave. His love of Asha, his lovely wife. Come take a ride, he said that night. Under the bridge, they took her life. Ran back and forth that certain day. Would cause the car to stray. To leave Gray with severed vertebrae. A reliance on tech he has to develop. Aaron fixed stem to his spine, now Gray can do more than just stand up. Embroiled in the death of his love, he's enveloped. Unravel the mystery with clues found by stem. Kill all involved, kill all of them. They the upgraded a new race of men. Kill Cirque, then Tolan, Wen, and then Fisk. One more on his list, kill Aaron real quick. Detective Cortez on his tail, all part of the risk. One more twist in this ring, the mastermind of the whole thing. On Gray's spine did it cling. A body pure is just what it needed. In control all along, Gray was misleaded. Into his mind, Stem was seated. His consciousness, Gray now slips, just a slave. A brand new being, we should all be afraid. Man 2.0, a major upgrade. Ooh, nice wow. clincher. Damn. Wow. Ah, that is weird to be on the other side of that. Dude. I listen to it all the time, but to be here and, and, mm -hmm. and see it in action, that's different. That's something Are different. Are you quivering? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> he is a poet. He's a master yeah. poet. I like the part especially about no need for upgrades because he's no slave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah. awesome. And then he kind of becomes one in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always do a good job of kind of zeroing in on kind of the heart of the thing, you know? For sure. Yeah. Try and zero in on that thing. Does you, do, this, you, you zero in on the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does it seem like James Wan took a lot of influence for um, Malignant for this movie? Not really. I mean, maybe color palette or like. That's what I was saying. I, I, Evan, as far as color palette, it seemed like, you know, he was trying to do sci-fi, fantasy, giallo horror. I mean, this movie is more grounded in what it wants. Like, this movie does what it wants to do efficiently, in my opinion, as far as, like, its themes and, like, its aesthetic. With uh, think... it's made more jumbled. I mean, these guys work together, but I wouldn't really compare the movies necessarily. To, I don't know. I kind of like the... I just like the beginning, too. Like, the AI online coming, like, popping online with the female voice telling the production names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Showing yeah. us, like, cards, you know what I mean? It was like, I was like, at first I was like, oh, that's a cool idea, the way it just, like, booted us into the movie. That yeah, was cool. Upgrade. And I was and really grabbed by the, the first time I saw them in the theater. Yeah. But you think it reminded you, you think um, he took influence maybe? I mean. I, I, I think James Wan took a little influence from this as far as like. The camera the, look and stuff like that. They have similar looks to them. I love I love the, the camera shots of this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean. They do some really know, the, stuff with the camera. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of cool like drone shots, uh, which, you know, drone surveillance play you know figures heavily into the story itself anyway and so it's kind of like we're part of this society mm -hmm. in a way yeah i like the way the film kind of like sets us up right away with uh gray trance uh trace or whatever it's a stupid name i'll say it right up, right now we'll get <laughs> almost everybody has kind of a slightly strange yeah. name Asha. yeah it's like aaron yeah aaron mm -hmm. uh but yeah i like that they kind of there's like this contrast that the film kind of just shows us right off the bat. We're like, we live in this sort of high or semi high tech like world. It's almost like the present, but it's futuresque, you know? Mm -hmm. And then um, this guy's just like working on like the Trans Am, listening to like a vinyl record and drinking a cold brew. Mm -hmm. And that's the uh, Smoking in the Bandit Trans Am, I believe it looks like. Yeah. Oh, for real? It that's does. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super pricey then in the future. But I just um, kind of like that mix of like, the, you know, it shows us real quick he's like a gearhead. Yeah. Yeah, I think 1L does a good job of showing us right off the bat that, you know, he stands apart a little bit in this world. He's hanging on to, like, the old ways a little bit, as it were. 
Um, which like I find highly relatable. Like I think his garage and workspace look really cool and fun. Right. Yeah. But then showing that to us in contrast with the surrounding environment, which also looks cool in a lot of ways, but it's like, you know, his his kind of old so-called old fashioned ways yeah. feel more relatable to me, you know. But you know, all of us were kind of well, I don't know about you, John, but all of us are kind of like in our forties ish, you know, like yeah, mid yeah. mid thirties for me. So okay, yeah. Yeah. the rest of the house no. is nice, but it's more like his wife's, you know. Yeah, yeah, Jack. Yeah, okay. Jacqueline, I agree with that a hundred percent. I love the 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 transaction or transition from, you know, him being in just like maybe a modern style garage to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know future uh, futuristic world. You know where his wife is driving in, and she's not driving. It's just you know automatically driving her in there. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um. You know, I it that was beautifully shot. I I thought this movie, um, the cinematography was spot on the entire movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I had a lot of storyboards for this film, and then kind of like worked really well off of those. Right. I do feel like early on. I, so I'm just I'm going to give myself away a little bit here and say that I have very few criticisms of this movie. I only mm-hmm. have like a couple kind of moderate criticisms. And one of them, I think, is is seated early in the film, which is I I don't know how you guys felt, but I did not feel a strong um, relationship between Gray no. and Asha. That's- Yep. Yep. And it doesn't hit as much as it to, could. To me, that hurts the movie. It 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 kind of doesn't provide enough of a support or like a leg to stand on for the events that follow. Like we kind of just have to accept his future actions and like his his quest to seek revenge mm-hmm. as like, oh well, it's his wife, so of course he wants to. But right. I think all of it, everything that comes after would hit so much harder and feel so much more impactful if we as the viewers felt a stronger sense of the relationship because to me like they're they're fine like they're mm-hmm. they're fine but i do sense tension between them there are some comments made about her being the breadwinner now and he's not really like bringing in much income and there's a little tension there mm-hmm. um there seems to be some tension between each of their differing levels of like investment with technology and their willingness to use technology in their lives. It just seems like we see that like, those are almost the two main things we, we see between them. Cause they're so, we spend so little time with them as a couple. And those are kind of like the two main dynamics that we see. Yeah. I don't see like a ton of affection or any little like affectionate um, touches or in jokes or, I mean, in the glances. car on the way back, like yeah, yeah. Well, they canoe a little bit. Time. We don't develop like... their relationship at all. We get introduced to her, and she takes the ride, and then dies. That's it, really. Well, so, and then, not even necessarily like yeah. in the car. More of like, I feel like the actual scene where he loses, like once we once we get into that, I feel like that scene. It, it, he really seemed to come across as like there's good huh. acting in that scene. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, like, thing. that's good acting, acting but though? that's. But that yeah, doesn't make right. it that doesn't make their relationship feel any more sure, connected sure. when they are together on screen. Yeah. And like, yeah, they kind of canoodle in the car a little bit, but like anybody can fucking canoodle. Like that's yeah. Um that's not relationship building. I wish they showed me the ride in there. 
like show me with him in the car with her with the Pontiac and he gets on it a little bit and she's like, whoa, slow down. And he's like, no, calm down or whatever. And they talk, they have a moment where they converse and I don't know, something, a little romance. You see a spark and then, you know, he like guns it or whatever and, and she likes it or something like that. You know, even Yeah. though she's from that world, she enjoys, you know, the little taste of speed and he's a bad boy a little bit. So Yeah, I don't that know. would have been a good opportunity for them to do that. And I felt like, again, like I accept the rest of the events of the movie as like, oh, well, the guy's wife was killed. Okay. Any, any husband would, would do that. But I just feel like Right. it would They tell be more you, they powerful. didn't show you. Exactly. It would be more powerful if we felt that relationship. And I, I don't think it would have taken too much effort. I think Heidelberg, you're spot on like that, that car ride to Aaron's house is, was a good opportunity. Because <laughs> they do ride together. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, the remote car follows. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that what they do? Yeah, Okay. they do have to Yeah. be ride together, Then too. yeah, that, that would have been perfect. I, I wish that they had done that. So that's, that's, that's one of my only critiques of the movie. Can't lives on Won't Street. That was like the one thing I noticed that they had a little bit of like a language or so it's like there was a saying that they had that he says to her or something. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. They, 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 they didn't take the time really with that aspect. She's the catalyst, but we can't get really like we get it. Yeah, You know, of course. but I don't know. I don't feel for her. I like show me her character a little bit. And show me Yeah. her work a little bit too, because that is a red herring in this film, the the cobalt company. Because we for a while there we think that's what's going on. It's oh, it's probably Yeah. cool guys with cobalt parts in them, you know what I mean? It's it has something to do with her company. She's having that little conversation with that Chad dude. I don't know his name's Chad Yeah, or yeah, yeah. in the car and he says something about you gotta take a stance. You can't be on the, you know, on the Listen fence around, or like yeah. it sounds like there's a something going on with work that she needs to like You know, are you with us on this or not? You know what I mean? So it made me feel like, oh, well, there's reason for maybe corporate espionage, you know, and like her own company taking her out or something. Who knows? But Yeah. um, what do you think of Aaron and his place? He's got like a Bond uh, villain layer like going on. Definitely. And is he he's supposed to be like a mirror image of like Elon, right? Elon. Yeah, Yeah, Aaron, right. Elon. Okay, That's I'm glad the whole I wasn't thing. the only one who was like, oh yeah, For he's sure. like an evil genius, but Yeah. <laughs> I totally. dude, that his his own per the I I I loved the movie, right? But the the that cloud, I I, I was a little too on the nose. for me when they walk in and he's like uh they're like oh what's that and he's like it's my cloud My cloud, and it's like he's like and, and like all right bro we got it like apple's taking it away i got it and get i get kind it of fawns over him when she realizes <laughs> who it is because right right you know gray doesn't really know who this guy is he just knows that he you know he likes old cars but um she's like oh yeah i'm in the field blah blah she mentions cobalt doing limbs prosthetics for like wounded soldiers we're aspiring to be like you know we're not as good as you but we're gonna be one day and he's like no you're not like i just and here's why i'll show you and that's when we get introduced to stem Well, he kind of acknowledges his own social awkwardness. And I think, you know, in real life, he, a character like that would probably be on like the autism spectrum. Yes. Uh, but he, he doesn't really quite say that. He's just like, oh, I don't spend much time around people. So I don't really know how to act. Um, and so, cause Yeah. he, he, he's several times says things too bluntly or makes like kind of inappropriate remarks that aren't really in keeping with social norms. But um, he, he, he acknowledges that, but kind of chalks it up to just like, oh, I'm a loner. Yeah. Yeah, he Not in he the rebel. reminds me of that character from An Invisible Man that Lee Winnell did a couple of years later. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the 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 ex husband. yeah, Okay. or or the Yeah. boyfriend. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. I have trivia about that, but I'm going to save it. Interesting. Oh, cool. <laughs>
Yeah, so he meets Stem, which is his new invention, and it looks it looked like a roach, Jacqueline. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't look enough like a roach to make me hate it. So. <laughs> it can change the world, and it's just like this small little chip. But uh, we see Gray doesn't agree, because you mentioned earlier, like, yes, his wife's like the primary breadwinner, and I don't think he, like, has as big of a problem with that. But I think it's more like he's thinking, like, I, my my career, like, what do I know? And if this gets phased out with technology, I have nothing. I'm good with my hands. I'm not like a tech guy. So like, I think he's just, he knows he wants to contribute more to the household. And he just feels like definitely, you know, he's, he's antiquated and he's like an antiquated person sort of in this world that's moving faster than he wants to. Um, well, and I think that taps into a fear that a lot of us have now with the rise of AI. That's like, are human beings going to become obsolete? Like yeah. are most of our jobs going to get taken over by AI? A lot of them already have. Mm -hmm. and you can't just like you know sometimes people will say things like oh like well truck trucks are gonna be become self-driving so uh truck drivers can just learn how to code and then they can have jobs and it's like it doesn't yeah. really work like that oh, word i um, that is i hate hearing that excuse I they need somebody to work on the machines it's like you're not gonna take just a truck driver and then be like all right well now learn how to uh this yeah. technology oh, yeah, you're gonna hire the guy that does what he's doing and fire the truck driver yeah a, not everybody wants to do that b Word. not everybody can do that c not everybody has the time to just suddenly like have a new ed like educate themselves for a brand new career like if you're 55 years old you don't want to take two years to learn how to code something you mm -hmm. need income right now to support your friend. I mean, it's just like a ridiculous argument. But I think this, this movie is pretty topical, though. On that, and it's it is genuine. That, like, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Not far off. I think. I think okay. human beings are having increasing levels of fear about obsolescence. Yeah, so. definitely. And then Gray, Gray's definitely dealing with these issues because he's definitely not. He's not as advanced as anybody. Really, it seems like he's just kind of, you know, he's a caveman a little bit. Yeah. But you know, but I don't want to. I don't want to like judge him for like I I I like him that way. No, in a yeah. good way. Like, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. like I don't want to. I don't want to be, be like disparaging towards him. Like, oh, he's a troglodyte. No, no, no. <laughs> I just said he was a Neanderthal just because of the way it's. You know, he's in his man cave. I know what you mean. But I I do I don't know I kind of like his little struggle there. I wish the conversation about AI and whatever him and his girl were having in the car i wish that wasn't they kind of cut over it with the sexy time you know what i mean there could have been a little bit more character development in that moment too i mean sexy time's cute and i get it the self-driving car like oh look they are romantic but you know it's just physical romance it's not mm -hmm. they didn't show any emotional um mm -hmm. or like exactly. a discussion or a debate or a, an argument maybe even something yeah i mean that can show the dynamic of a couple as well mm -hmm. as anything it does create i think you know the sexy time does though create a reason for for them to be like so, sort of unbuckled and it creates a little sense of confusion distracted. in the car because the car they're yeah they're distracted the car's telling them to put the seatbelt on and then it's accelerating and they're like what's going on and there's I like a little bit of a scramble before they crashed he got her in the seat and, and put her belt yeah. on yeah it's kind of romantic yeah more thinking that's a mensch yeah so but car gets flipped over that gets approached by these masked men and like it just out in public too like just yeah. right out in public there's drones watching and fucking uh homeless people everywhere well that's what so did you take that for homeless people because for me i, I thought did. it was interesting that we end up in this in this exact area right after he has the conversation with aaron right about like you say that's the future i i see 10 other people standing in the unemployment line and then it's like 
the very next scene, we get this crash in his old neighborhood. That's kind of, you know, like the bar that's there. You, it's off the radar, right? It's this, it kind of seems like this area of people that are similar to him. And then we yeah. end up in front of this, you know, dilapidated building with all these people. Like, I, I guess to me, I, I like, I saw it as like, the, these are the people that are, have been directly affected by exactly what he was talking about. Oh, yeah. with- well, I think you're mm-hmm. both right. I mean, these are people who could, could be homeless because they have been like yeah, sure, sure. Uh, shoved out of their their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If these are people from the inner city or something like that, they're most likely the people that are doing these jobs the way they're working with their hands in factories and stuff. Right, like right. That. And, and can't make a know, living anymore. People being taken, you know, out of there by AI and robots. Yeah. Know. Well, and so and I so I think that this moment really captures another. I feel like this movie really um, grabs onto a lot of fears and anxieties that we have this this kind of goes back to when we were talking about megan over the summer when we covered megan uh sorry mithrigan um (laughs) like this is another thing i think all of us at least to some extent have a little fear of like putting total control into the machines like putting full trust into the machines like your car if it it could be driving itself and just fucking accelerate way beyond what it should be and just like kill you yeah, I mean, you like you. I mean, it's a scary thing to give up control, and I think that's yeah. a big theme of this whole movie: is what happens when you totally relinquish control and put all your trust and faith in the machines. Like mm-hmm. anything mechanical can malfunction, and right. when you when you are when you turn everything over to things that are mechanical, that is the risk you run. And so I think, you know, for me, that was a pretty scary scene. That like. You know, even the self-driving cars we have now, like you're still supposed to be sitting in the driver's seat and you're still supposed to be alert. You're still supposed to have your hands on the wheel. But this car was like, take your hands off the wheel. Yeah, it was like a butt. Yeah, it was straight up like a like a taxi. You know, John, I was waiting in front of like the guy to spin around like, welcome to Johnny Cat. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Total recall. So actually, I thought that was a pretty the, effective uh, moment there. Sorry, John. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I mean, they actually showed it later in the movie when uh, Sten takes over Gray and takes control over that car to smash into the detective's car. Yeah, he hacks it. Right. Yeah. I do like the the accident was good, too. I just thought there's a good bit of stunt work there. It looked pretty good. The car flip. Yeah. And, and then. When the assassins come up, I'm just sort of like, what the hell's going on here? What, like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, it's got to be connected to Asha, right? She's the big oh, way. Oh, for sure. Yep. He's the one who's got, you know, she works in tech. Like, it's got to be espionage maybe or something. And mm-hmm. then the fifth guy takes her out and we just see like him kill her. But we never see the gun. Even in the scene, like before we see the the footage of it, you you don't see a gun. You just see his hand. Yep. Down and that's it. So you're like, what? It was the guy from Videodrome. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Long live the new flesh. Speaking of video drum, though, this film does have Cronenberg vibes to me. It's got themes of AI, a future future esque world, tech being put into you, and tech taking using over. man with sure. machine tech trying to insert itself in to become man. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely lots of themes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's it's not like as body horror esque, but there are moments of realistic like gore or like just slightly exaggerated gore. The surgery mm-hmm. scene too, I thought was good when they and put stem in that was like tough to look at i was like damn they're really yeah good. i get it remind me of uh i don't know why but i got in time vibes i was like this okay. seems i just I, I i think it was just like you're talking about the future and everything and like people it just i got that vibe from it that same sci-fi like 
And then it's just something to do with the hand, like the hand being the gun. But then, you know, and the other movie, that's like everybody lives off the time off of their hands. Like it just might be a reach. But yeah, John, you, you, well, still, you disagree with the Cronenberg? Uh, no, not okay. really, because I, I, I thought the autopsy scene really showed Cronenberg. I oh, am. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I thought the fact that they showed that uh, there were wires and stuff in that that body and then they actually, it was almost like an info dump. He didn't that, know what it was either. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, like you didn't know what was going on there. But I mean, they just showed. The nanofibers. <clears throat> right. And they actually showed the arm where they load the ammunition in there. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on. And I'm like. Mm. This shit's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's that like circuitry, right? Like, like, you're in, like loading it in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you hear it. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. That was one part that kind of like, I was like, that was a little, like, I loved him loading it, right? Well, I just hated when he like cocked it. Like, I was like, dog, it's the, like, I don't need you to, like, he's like, no, ready. Like, I was yeah, like, oh, you just, lo- like, you're just good, dog. You, you, it's the future. You're far enough advanced. You just throw that thing in there and shoot it. I don't need that. Yeah, but what if you just go to grab a cup and it activates? You got to cop that. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Not what if you go to give a reach around and it's just yeah, like, fair enough. I don't want to blast that thing off. Tragic yeah. results. <laughs> Sorry, Judy. I didn't mean to do that. I just wanted Judy. a cup of coffee. Oh, damn, Judy. <laughs> um, so our boy ends up in a coma, right? The accident, they sever his uh his spinal column or whatever, or yeah. put an in, yep. you know, injection in there. He thought he got mm-hmm. shot and he watches her die like right in front of him, which yeah hit for me, but then it's just like, it's done. Right. And so I don't feel like, Oh man, we lost, you know, Asha. Cause we didn't really feel invested, but I felt like at least like his pain of having to watch her die. Cause he's like, I can't even move. Right. Like, I felt yeah, really bad. And then he ends up in horrific. a coma. Like a I, love, I love that shot of her dying, you know, cause he's watching her and he's paralyzed. He can do yeah. nothing. That yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, and she's like, even like closes his yeah. eyes. Like you can tell, like yeah. he doesn't want it. You know what I mean? Cause he tells yeah. her, he's like, I can't get to you. Like, I don't yeah. think he realizes that he's completely paralyzed in this moment. Right. But he's like, he's like, he's just sitting there and he's like, oh, I can't get to you. And then like he's, she starts coughing up and he just, he's like, I can't look away. He's like, keeps closing his eyes. Like you can and, tell. And, and yeah. John, he actually says that. He's like, I can't get to you. Right, I, right. I, I can't, you know, and. and you know, and he looks at her eyes. You know, I right. love that shot that everyone yeah. L did of like just kind of that close up of like her dying, mm-hmm. you know, her soul yeah. leaving her body, yeah. whatever you feel. You know, it was just like, whoa. Yeah, it was, yeah. And then his life changes like drastically. He's a guy who's anti technology has to become reliant on it. Like, yeah, it's yep. a cruel irony. A yep. cruel irony. How do we feel well, about I- his mom? I loved, I loved his mom. There's that moment when she's trimming his beard and he breaks down, and that shit hit yeah. me. Yeah, that was yeah. tough. I was actually, like, yeah. I was actually yeah. in that. I was like, "Damn, man, that fucking that sucks." Because, yeah, acting, totally relatable. You know? yeah. I thought yeah. so. Yeah. He's got to straddle a line of there's some funny or darkly funny moments in this, especially yeah. when he's learning how STEM works. Yep. Yeah. And then you know we get like there's moments of like true sorrow where he's like wants to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And he's lost the love of his life, his will to live, and and his drive until he gets them and kind of gets, you know, that investigation going about Asha's death. That's the only thing that kind of keeps him going. Yeah, that's what he's hanging on to, right? Yeah. Well, it, it even the mom, like halfway through the movie, goes, you know, just just be with me. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, I right. I'll take care of you. 
I know, but it's his mom. I don't know. You get it. Like, we all get it. But And then because he goes to see uh, Detective Cortez. That's when we meet her with his yeah. mom. And he wants to know if there's anything with the investigation. And she's just all like, no, nah, we can't really find anything. Do you guys I, recognize her? Yeah. I did, but I couldn't place her. It's uh, Georgina from Get Out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. She didn't have any tears in her eyes. That's why I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> Dude, or even the main guy, I you uh Prometheus. I yes. was like, oh, oh shit. Right. He yeah, was, he's he was the he's Josh Holloway, right? Yeah. He's uh fucking That's what's right. her name's uh boyfriend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah, he's the one who gets yeah, well, I don't want to spoil that movie. I thought Gray was I thought Gray was Tom Hardy for a second. <laughs> he oh, a, word. He I could see he looks like him. In the right light. He I looks yeah, yeah. He totally looks like I thought Tom. it looked like him Tom too. Hardy. You ordered Tom Hardy from Amazon, but you got like that version. No, but I thought he was very good. I thought he portrayed, you know, very nuanced emotions. He he handled a lot of uh, emotional ups and downs. I was like fully along for the ride with, with he's, a, he's on for the ride, too. It's like a ride for him as well, because he's just mm -hmm. he like when he when stem takes control eventually when we get to the stem like mm -hmm, he's just mm -hmm. kind of out of body and the camera does things too i like the camera when he comes home and he has to realize what his life's going to be like in the chair mm -hmm. the nurse mm -hmm. is there telling his mom i like how everything's muffled and blurred behind him because mm -hmm. he doesn't like he's not ready to hear all this like he's just not he just doesn't a, give a fuck he's yeah, yeah, it's like so things making a smoothie for him behind him and yeah. he's just, this is yeah. my life now like I, and his mom picks up on it in that moment, you know what I mean? Because like she she ends, ends up telling the nurse like, uh, "We got it from here. Yeah, don't worry about it." Like, oh, uh, well, because he's just so like at the, in this moment, like he's just so checked out, just like yeah. And then he tries to kill himself. He uses the pain med administer and tries to like get it to give him too many shots. It gives him a couple, but then it realizes. Well, AI goes, "Yes, this is going to be fatal." I can't give you anymore. Yeah, Kara, that was a heartbreaking scene when he just yeah. kept instructing it to administer medication yeah, over and over and over again. He had medication, and then he just he goes over limp and just yeah. drools. You know, mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, fuck, man, that's. And he wakes up in the hospital. There's actually several moments where he wakes up in a hospital. I actually, yeah, that. that comes into play later on too with our endings. Mm -hmm. There are a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Aaron comes to see him, and a a Ron, a a a Ron. You don't yeah. mess up. And, and Jay Quellen here, your hostess with Moses. Mm. Um, so, and I think he comes across as like a little smarmy um, mm. throughout, oh. but, but he, but you know, he does offer That's that window of hope, you know, that it's like, I feel like it would be hard to at least not think about the offer that he's making although he does say the procedure has to be done in his home did any of you guys see saw 10 or saw x I know, anyway, i've seen enough saws that i've yeah. seen centipede i've seen uh american mary i, I don't think i want to go in anybody's house for, yeah, for you surgery <laughs> you, you, you don't need to be going to somebody's house for a surgical procedure let's just put an end to that right now shall we yeah yeah but his house is under the ocean jack yeah, i mean his, his house was pretty fucking sick yeah. It would but be how, that how beautiful was that shot though? You know, of the wind. ocean, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like 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 two rocks kind of right. crossing each other like a triangle, and like he goes down. It, that was beautifully shot. It was I love awesome. That. Yeah. Where does he but, park the yeah. car? <laughs> Is there like, <laughs> a garage that just opens up all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. It just disappears when there's high tide. It just yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be a guinea pig. Well, his he wants to use him as a guinea pig for STEM. 
Yeah. He does not drive a car, obviously. Socially awkward. <laughs> he doesn't leave the house much, so you, you probably yeah, no. self-driving. So how do you guys feel about him so readily accepting this offer? I mean, I don't know. He's in a coma. It's already been th- three months, right? And then and then that and then he comes home and then he's dealing with what his new life is gonna be like there. Obviously that wasn't an, he he that sucked, so he wanted to kill himself. I think at this point he's at bottom. So if he's yeah. gonna take some risky procedure, I guess this is one you would take here, right? You either this or you try and kill yourself again. Well, well I think, and I think he's sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just gonna I, like I, I think he really gets got because he, he has his mind pretty much set on no. And mm-hmm. it's not really until he brings up his like his wife, like, well, well what would your wife say that it kind of like triggers that response from him? You know what I mean? So it's so I think because his gut reaction is like, no, like because what, what does he tell him? He's like, Doug, I'm looking for the off switch. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to extend make my it life. better. Yeah, right. Like, too, Because I did say before, too, is because that is his like only real thing that's keeping him you know going is the investigation the further he gets in the investigation closer to getting who killed ash uh asha the more he's like okay i'm in for this you know what i mean like that's when he's okay with you know he lets stem take over and stuff like that so he definitely goes with it after a while well john i think you're absolutely right that's a good point though that it's like when he hits him with that kind of emotional moment what would what would your wife want you to do you know, nobody wants to think that a loved one, nobody wants to think about a loved one seeing us at our absolute worst and most mm-hmm. despairing, right? Like, mm-hmm. of course, due to their, you know, their passing too. Like, they don't exactly you know. like whoever they are, they would want you to keep living life and, um, you know, somehow get get through it. And so, uh, I think that was a pretty clever. And of course, we see at the end, like, why right. did he say that? You know, yep. we, we come to realize, but John, I think you're absolutely right. That was kind of the what, what pushed pushed him over to the other edge so Mm -hmm. that's a good point i like too like once once he gets in with stem it works pretty pretty freaking fast right which helps the movie too so they all seem surprised by how immediately effective it is yeah but you know we find out later that he's the perfect candidate for a reason uh, also but he, he has to maintain the image of being like paralyzed still like quadriplegic which is hard like that was weird yeah and like to an extent it almost seems to kind of defeat the purpose a little bit like you it's not like you can go out in the world and live a right. normal life like because yeah. at first glance it would seem oh i can have my life back again but you kind of can't like in I mean, private indoors. you can but not in public yeah maybe so it's maybe like, how much can the, you really do with that like you can't have a romantic relationship sure. yeah yeah, like you can't have a romantic relationship. You can't really travel and like have a full experience of doing things. You know, there's so much you still can't do. So I don't know. It's it's not as like wondrous an offer as it might kind of originally sound like because it has to be kept secret. I mean, it's yeah. it's not it's not worthless. It's not without some like improvement, but it's not. like I like that moment, little... though, when he first gets home and he gets up and and does once he gets inside the house, he walks, gets up and there's this like outer body camera angle that they do. Mm-hmm. Where we're behind him, but it doesn't feel like he's in control and the camera's moving around a little bit, like wishy-washy. And I just right. do like these little elements that you said, the cinematography that they do. Yeah. Uh, it's like a synthetic sort of vibe, like a filter to it in certain And scenes. it looked, he looks so robotic. You know, like, that's way. what I really like. Because like, yeah. it was like all of his movements, it didn't, it seemed like someone pretending to be a role. You know what I mean? Like he was like, mm-hmm. very, like just, just getting very a rigid. Yeah, a little rigid, yeah. but also kind of um, like like very 
mechanical yes yeah right well that that's one thing i loved about this movie is that that you know gray was actually in control of his body the uh like before this accident happened and and he got shot and severed his spine or spinal column and it was like i loved the shots of it It was very robotic it was almost like 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 he can move his head because he, he was quadriplegic but you know, STEM took over his body like he could punch, but it was like so robotic. And it was it, it, it was that was a, like it movie. was it was very it was very fun to watch. Yeah. You know, but the it's, thing was, is it, it just felt like an action movie to me. It was just yeah, like, well, that. yeah, it was just like that was awesome. But it was like, mm, I don't know. I mean, there's like a couple fight scenes and some shootouts, but I wouldn't necessarily describe it as a action film, but it does have action in it. I mean, I feel like... Oh, my it, God. Dude, it's, it's totally action. It's a melange of I wouldn't call this action. an action film, though. Because if you call this an action film, I would put it more up with there with some... I, I don't know. It would, to me, it would evoke some other films that this doesn't necessarily... Well, I, I mean, the story behind it was fine. I, I, I thought it was great, but I mean, it, it's just, you know, kind of... It's like downward spiral of what Gray was going through. And then we find out at the end of what was going on, you know? If I had to categorize this, if I had to put a label on it, which I don't know how useful that really is ever, but um, if I had to call it something, I think I'd call it like a techno thriller. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it like techno horror. Um, I think that would call it sci fi. Yeah. 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 Sci fi or techno thriller. But it's like, if I like if I said techno horror, like to me, that's possessor. And sure, yeah. this is not that. Um, I don't think that those are in the same category. But again, I don't yeah. know how like important. I mean, some people, the gore right off the bat will be horror to some people. But to yeah, us, totally. people, like that doesn't necessarily make a horror film. You can have gore in other films. So I, I thought the gore was fine in this movie. That was great. Yeah, it was uh, as someone who is like not, you know, not the uh, like. It's not a criteria of mine. I'm not like going into something looking for it by any means, but it was like, it's funny to hear you guys all talk about it because it's, it's like, it didn't feel like a, a horror movie to me. You know what I mean? Because of that aspect. And it's like, a little bit like a buddy comedy. Yeah. Like more, <laughs> more like, uh, like, uh, I'd say the only time I think I really got those vibes are the fights that you're talking like when he gets the knife and he fucking goes through the guy's head. You know what I oh, mean? I love that kill though. Yeah, yeah. Th- uh, that and then like the shotgun blast later, like that, like those were those were definitely like mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit! Like it almost kind of like uh like I watch a lot of other movies, right? A lot of action movies, and you you very rarely see that level of gore. At, at least I don't. And so for me, I'm like sitting there watching it and it's it's like, OK, this is going. And then you, and then it happens and it's like, oh, fuck, like that's not normally what I come across. So it's uh, it's funny to hear you talk about like like techno thriller or or uh, sci fi. Right. Because it's Whoa. like, yeah, I, I, like, I see that because it's it's definitely a step above. OK, John, let me ask you this, is point. that when you watch the original 1987 Total Recall, yep. would you call that a horror or would you call that? A sci-fi thriller sci-fi action, action movie. Yeah, I definitely could see the thriller aspect of it for sure. Like, but but yeah. like uh, that's not a movie that we would actually review on this show. Totally, because it it I think that had more gore, that had more horror to it than this. Total Recall. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You smoke a crack. 
I don't know if I would say it was really not. Cool. I I I know what you mean. Like the ripping ripping off the face. No, I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about like like when they fall out of the The eyes, you know, the pipe, eyes popping out, and all that kind of stuff. Like even like the Quado. Dude, right, the guy coming know. out. Yeah, of, yeah. I, could, I could see that. I could see you drawing the line there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that to me was kind of the comparison because sure, this sure. is a few. I think you can make a strong comparison between. No, I mean, you, and there's definitely movie. similar themes. I mean, but, they but are. It, by action. Uh, and, I think you and could Heidelberg, almost place them in the same genre. I think you yeah, can make an argument. I would agree with that. It, it, it's a futuristic world. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, no, I get you with that. I mean, they, I could say Blade Runners like that, but I wouldn't call Blade Runner horror. But there's correct, you know. and that's what I'm saying about this movie. I mean, it's yeah, that's just what we're like, saying. Yeah, yeah, like like but for on, me, you said basically it sounded to me like you were saying Total Recall is like very horror, and I don't really agree. I feel like it's definitely I, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if if we're doing comparisons, is that okay? We watch Videodrome, futuristic, back in eighty whatever it was. Here's the thing. I feel like when you watch Total Recall, I'm entertained. When Jacqueline watches this movie, she's a little scary because it touches on things that are going on right now. I feel yeah, like I don't I feel mean, like Total Recall does it's that. It's unsettling, but I wouldn't call it fear. I know, but the things like that are happening in the film are definitely not that far off. I mean, Total Recall, I guess, isn't at some time that far off. The the, the yeah, sense coming. of like the <laughs> unsettling feeling, the unsettling feeling that I have watching this movie is not a sense of fear in the traditional sense of like. Oh, watching a horror film and the dread or suspense of what's around the corner or even disgust at body horror or fear of like what's going to happen. It's more like, um, you know, playing upon a, a an anxiety, like a real life anxiety, which, you know, doesn't have to be a horror movie to do that. There are plenty of horror. I mean, plenty of um, uh, thriller and sci fi movies that you wouldn't necessarily call horror, but still tap into those anxieties like fear might be a strong word, but I. I think I think what John was saying, which I think he was kind of coming at the this argument from the other side, which is like not the total recall is a horror, but that a movie can have gory elements or even like elements that play on an anxiety that we have. But that doesn't necessarily make it a horror movie. Like, I think he was more like categorizing this movie almost as like a sci fi futuristic movie. So how would you recall, which I, 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 I could be persuaded of that for sure. Yeah, I, I I mean, I guess the thing is, is that, okay, so we watched Megan or Mithrigan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that to me was more horrific because it was one specific thing. This is like a futuristic world of that. You got multiple things coming at you. Um, that's yeah. the same with Total Recall. You know, you've got this, you got this whole society that I don't know. I, and Again, it doesn't I, matter, but like, I, I mean, I'm juggling know. with this. I'm juggling with this. I it, get that it. it's Jacqueline, you're more on the nose with the thriller thing because that's definitely one of the tags, too, for this film is thriller, dystopian, sci fi. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. 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 On Again, I don't think it, I don't think it matters, but you know what? I think we're, I think horror fans are pretty generous with the horror label, the horror umbrella, as it were. And I think. Mm-hmm. Like we probably would include a lot of stuff. And, you know, we've even talked about covering stuff on here that you might not even say is is really horror. I think you can make an argument that this movie isn't a horror movie, but uh, I think we're pretty like welcoming and like we invite in 
horror adjacent stuff. We invite in sci-fi. We invite in fantasy. Like the Company of Wolves. Was that really a horror movie? Or was it like a fairy tale? You know. But it's like we kind of like we kind of let everybody join the party. I think. Pretty lenient. Absolutely. But I'm going to give a compare, or well, not a comparison, but I'm going to give. I'm going to throw a movie out there to you and tell me if it's horror or is it something else. Silence of the Lambs. It's a thriller. Which is grouped in with horror films. So yeah. we could, we could actually do that movie. Yeah, or seven on, I mean, on this show. So, uh, this is this is an interesting yeah. conversation. I'm glad you guys are getting into it because it was one that I didn't necessarily want to bring up. Uh, you know, being a guest and just you know not being a horror fan in general as it is, but uh, I, I the I, the same way, right? I mean, when you say horror, horrific things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so it's Saving Private Ryan, a horror film. Like you know what I mean? Like it's fucking the, it's like it's, uh, so it's, it's uh, yes, but horrific things happen. You know what I mean? So sure. it's like, yeah, horrific things would, don't necessarily make horror. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. I'm just saying, as someone who I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to go to someone and be like a horror film is X Y Z. No, I mean that's I don't know that you can. I don't know that do you can. I think yeah. this is adjacent enough that that's why I picked it because agree. Oh, I'm, like, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I have no, I have no quibble with that whatsoever. And I think the end result of what happens with STEM and how he, we, how he loses his own self to STEM, I think that's the horror element right there. That's, like, but we don't know that going on. It's a twist, and right. I think it yeah. hurt. Well, the thing is, so much of science fiction does that. Like so, yeah. like since the beginning of science fiction, I think science, the science fiction genre, both in film and in literature, has always explored the dark possibilities of where science and technology could bring us. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in itself kind of makes it horror adjacent, even if it's not overtly horror. And I think that right. could be what's happening here. I think it's continuing a long tradition of showing us what the future could yeah. be. And I'm agreeing uh, with Heidelberg. Like as far as the end, the way it ends this movie is horror. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just like oh my god you just went oh fuck and, and <laughs> just kind of like you went oh my god i know really? i did yeah uh, but, it, I'm, I'm sorry yeah go ahead no i was just saying that that it was just like all the way through the movie i just felt like this sci-fi thriller fantasy type movie until the very end and i went okay there's horror right there yeah i figured with that and the gore like it's enough to going it's got a dark tone to it it's um there's no oogie boogie boogie mans or anything no no i thought the gore was fine i thought it was like it fit into that horror genre but then like the rest of the movie was just kind of like do you know what studio did the gore because it's mostly practical i don't know was it really it looks all practical if it's not it's a really good blend or just I don't think it's straight CG. Like when that dude's head gets blown off from the gun, the oh, handgun. Yeah. That looks That's good. I don't think that looks real. Um, what other scene? Oh, when he um, I forgot there was another scene that I was thinking of too. When he what was the main bad guy's name? Not yeah, Aaron. that Sark skill. Hmm? Uh, are you talking about Fisk? Fisk? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fisk. Oh man, that guy was an awesome antagonist. Dude, oh, he was perfect. That's like one of so my big things that? from the movie. That guy was awesome for sure. His fucking mustache kind of stuck out. Yeah, you know, and the way it was, it was like, cut short. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Like, like Ned Flanders. Most... Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> Jacqueline, that was 
Perfect. I thought yeah. it was Ned Flanders. Oh, it looked like Ned Flanders. Okay, and imagine like... a, a scary Ned Flanders running yeah. you down, dog. Like that's terrible. He's like the most advanced too. You seen when he had he had like that nano breath when he kills the yeah. Yeah. nano breath. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. So here's yeah, one thing that I I do think that the the plot gets a little convoluted for a split second. Like yep. so, uh, e- e- Iran. We think Iran might be the bad guy or Cobalt. Then we find out it's not Cobalt, uh, but there, you know, Cobalt did put some of these implants in these guys. But these guys were hired by Iran, which is technically he was actually hired by STEM because STEM's been controlling Iran. I guess ever since he created STEM, STEM found a way to basically take over, even though it was never implanted in anybody. And I guess it's been looking for someone to implant itself in ever since. Um, and so these guys were hired basically to do the job, right? And they did the job, but technically, I think. And then it seems like they kind of want once once his name's upgraded, they kind of want to get him into because they have this whole like cult thing separately from Iran, like where they want to be the upgraded, you know, like a new race of men that have tech in them. Um, yeah. And kind of want to get Iran with. That's why when he first goes to see Cirque and Cirque sees him, he's like, "Don't make me do this, man! Why are you making me do this?" Because he doesn't want to kill him because he was the target, but he was a target so that they could create, you know, him into an upgrade. I guess they kind of wanted to be like, well, let, we'll let Iran upgrade him, but then we're going to try and get him into our ranks or something. I don't know. It's never clear. I, do you I think, agree. So do That's you think they the knew that, though? Huh? I don't think that they knew what I thought. That I took it as they just accepted a job. They like, did they, accept a job, but then after, they seem to be, like, invested in him. Like, what's his name? Fisk seems to want to, like, track him down and, like, look, we're not your enemy. We want you to, like, join us. But I don't know. You're right. Well, Fisk said that though he he, he actually it. yeah he goes he goes like hey I created you the reason why I didn't kill you is to create you yeah or oh, re oh, okay resurrect well, you or something you know I think it's basically like a double cross kind of deal where it's like yeah we're gonna do this job we'll, we'll take him out but then they realize like you know we should get this guy to join us because he's like yeah because it, it just seemed like they didn't really know what was going on with him until. Because th- they didn't know that he was when he when he when he kills Tolan in the shower like that. Mm-hmm. He had no idea that he was even, you know, he's stabbing his legs. Like, where do you start feeling shit? That scene was cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. I like awesome. that guy's jacket, too, bro. That like skull yeah. with the <laughs> on the back. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that bar scene was funny. He's like, get me a drink. And he's like, can you hold it for yeah. me? And, yeah. his- and then he's throwing his weight around. He's like, yeah, I fucking killed Sir. Blah, blah. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, he's he still in the some- chair. But everybody else, he's just a guy in the chair. Right. The idea well, of his, him like getting around in the chair is funny to me, like you said, Jack. Well, and then his his little speech in the bar before he finds Tolan was pretty funny. He was like, "So anybody who was involved or has any knowledge about my wife's murder, just come out, come on forward right now, okay?" Yeah, yeah. please. <laughs> like, thanks. Yeah, and, and then they all just laugh uproariously, which I I did too. I liked when he was at Cirque's house too, and he's hiding. He's trying to hide behind a car, and he's in his chair. Like you're not that inconspicuous, bro. Like <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the daytime. And was this Florida? When he goes into Cirque's house, it looked like it could have been Florida. So it was actually filmed in Melbourne, Australia. Okay. Not Melbourne, okay. Florida. There was a Melbourne, like Florida. If I pressed the wrong button, I could end up in Connecticut, right? Mm. Canada. Something like that. Oh, Canada. He said okay, because I was like, well, then maybe it's on the East Coast. It's supposed to be in the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. but like not a specific place. In the, so it's supposed to be set in the U.S., but it was actually filmed in um, Melbourne, his uh, Lee Wan El's hometown. Mm, gotcha. So mm, yeah. Maybe it maybe it's supposed to be in Melbourne, Florida. So just on the yeah. space coast. How about the car chase scene? What'd you guys think of that? 
like that barracuda. Ooh, so did I. So I dug did I. it. I dug it. I also like the scene where they where he goes to get um rebooted or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good scene. And he's yeah. like out of it. He can't do anything. And um oh, the hacker. Gee. Yeah, the hacker was funny too. Her, her, the conversation they had was like, I was like, this movie was like a little. It was like a two thousand. 19 uh, 18, 18. Yeah. 18. I was like they were talking about uh gender and stuff like that i was like oh that's interesting that they were talking about this so obviously it's, it is something that's uh oh, it's way, it goes way back ben, before that it's even oh, more yeah. oh, a hot yeah. topic now i feel like the since years have passed so i could see it being a thing in the in the near future just like in this movie so i was like yeah that's interesting well i love that character the, the jamie like uncharacterized character she was cool yeah, so the, not, kind of they were non-binary yeah, she yes. said that. Don't put her in a she, whatever, whatever. He, not she, she was. It's not she. Just say they. Yeah. They. Okay, um, so they grandpa. were awesome. <laughs> yeah. What well, I, did, I thought like, it was cool, too, because it really cues up. Like, I don't know if you caught it, but there's like, it really ties in the ending because there's like a direct line that she says and even where he ends yeah. up. Like this, this, Input, whole, then, yeah. this scene is a big, big setup that mm-hmm. kind of cues that off at the end, too. So yeah. that, that was... This world uh, is too painful. Who knows if Iran was even trying to disconnect them, right? Because technically, I don't know, maybe he was because he he knew that what STEM was going to finally do. And he oh, wanted- that's a good point. Maybe. St- oh, I didn't even think of that, that maybe STEM was just trying to create a maybe, ruse yeah. that would I cause him to try yeah. to get him to take those guardrails off. Anyway. But was then it's like Iran was guards? trying to stop it last minute, you know? That's a good. That's a really good point. I did not even he think of that. I just took it at face him, value yeah, that Iran. I I keep wanting to say Elon. Elon. Yeah, <laughs> that Iran was like trying to uh, shut shut STEM down, but you're right. Yeah. It could have been a ruse the whole time. Yeah, I do like this moment too because like people are converging because we get we get the you know the uh, upgraded guys coming in, Fisk and his guy went, and then the vessel people show up. And at first I was like, wait, who? I thought they were with Fisk, and then I realized, no, wait, these are Iran's guys. They're here to grab. Uh, they tracked him here, and they're here to grab him real quick and bring him back mm-hmm. to Iran. And then they just Fist just takes care. I love that scene where he just scans the elevator because and just fucking they don't even get out of it. They don't even get out of the fucking elevator. He just blows him away. Did you notice with the character of Gray that like every time he stood up, he walked very like almost robotic. Yeah. I like those stand up scenes too, where he just kind of like and he just yeah, and the camera goes with him. Yeah. Oh, I... about that too. I'll show yeah. you. Oh boy. Okay. We'll talk about it later. And I do like the, I don't know. I do like the, I know that's actiony, but I do like the way it's shot. Um, as if he's out of body or like not in control of his body. That first fight scene like really got me. I, I was like, this is dope. I mean, the yeah, way it was, the dope. way, the way he moved, it was just like, or, or the way the camera moved like yeah. with him. That was awesome. Yeah. I think some of the most effective moments in this movie are the moments where little by little Gray is relinquishing his control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and and I think the earliest moment of that is very early on, actually, and it's it's kind of like almost a moment you could miss. But when he's in the hospital and Iran is trying to convince him to have the procedure, he's like, "It's still you. You're not a ro- you won't be a robot. the The device is just like connecting your." muscle fibers with your brain or whatever whatever he said Mm -hmm. but he's like it's just helping your brain like you're doing the movements it's your brain that's controlling it stem is just like carrying out the commands from your brain but Mm -hmm. as soon as he gets home stem says something like i'm controlling your movements yeah and he's like oh shit and like little by little there are those moments of realization that like oh 
I'm not in control anymore. Uh, and like, he almost has to later on in the movie, he almost has to fight with STEM to um, like, to mm-hmm. like, to do it, to, to not do what it wants to do. And well, Jacqueline so, T- from his T- brain. And then after that STEM takes over. What, yeah. what, yeah, what you're saying, Jacqueline, is absolutely right, because he, he tells Stem to shut up, and he's like, okay, go ahead and talk. You can oh, yeah, keep that, talking. Funny, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that's before the input guards go in, too, right? And that's the yep. thing. It's like he doesn't mm-hmm. realize that that's going to be the result of that, that, like, he no longer has to give permission. And to me, that is that's one of the most, like, heavy-hitting moments when stem who sounds very benign the, the, by the way i feel like there's a lot of connections here between this and 2001 a space odyssey that's um, what i was thinking how yeah it's very how like it sounds very common yeah. thing like he should be a yoga yep. instructor but um when uh, i almost just said how when stem calmly informs him like oh i don't need your permission anymore um right. I, i'm autonomous now that the input guards have been removed and then you're like, oh shit! Right. Like now, it's threat. all fair game. Like, well, and but he really was... proved his point there by dropping yeah. it. Because there's a point where it's like he's like, no, no, you're not. And then he just like falls out in bed, and he's like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Where are you? And then that's kind of when he gives them the speech of like, no, it's me now, dog. And yeah. So and control. Yeah, that, that was right after the, the ultimate... hacker, though, right? Yeah, when he came back. back yeah, when he came back home and. Like the detective comes in, and mom comes in. Yeah, he yeah. the butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's covered in blood. Yeah. Uh, there's some funny moments too of dialogue between him and like this inner monologue between them of uh, like them talking inside his brain, like you know, oh, only you can hear me, Gray. And then like that moment where he when he gets Tolan and he's like, oh, you thought I was an invalid, but you didn't know I was a fucking ninja. And then I like, <laughs> he's like, I'm well, not I a ninja. Of the art, I am not a ninja. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Oh, dude, or even the know. the like when he goes through the whole kill and he's like, "You can take over," and then he like oh goes and puts in all work, and then the you end of that it? scene, it's like the timing is perfect. He's just like, "You now have full control again, Gray," and I'll it's just like, you oh, want. Shit. and you <laughs> like, can hear the guy well, gurgling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting that, point, yeah. John. That's a really interesting point because kind of the flip side of the coin that I just said, like it's unsettling as Gray slowly loses control. There are times when he specifically like utilizes stem when he doesn't have to, yeah. like the, the moment when he carves up Tolan's face and he's like, he can't, he could do it if he right. wanted to, but it's too revolting to him. And he's like, mm-hmm. you do it. He just looks away in his and hand. So it's like, you know, it's like him wanting to relinquish that control. Cause it's like, he wants the result to be done, but he doesn't want to be the one mm-hmm. to do it. Like he can't bring himself to do it. So it's kind of like a sick reliance or like a sick dependence on it. You know, like giving the dirty work to the machines. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like the flip side, like you're relinquishing control, which is scary, but also like what enables you to do that? The fact that you can offload your dirty work. It's kind yeah, of like two sides well, of the same point. That was like, a great scene. Yeah, that was a great scene because then Stem goes, you can ask him anything you want. He'll yeah, tell right. you. <laughs> the noise that you hear, like, because you don't see on screen what's oh, being dude, yeah. It's yeah. not as bad it's as you gross. think. It's gross. Yeah. It's, it's, the noise is like, <laughs> and yeah. you just have fleshy, like, bits. Yeah. And the guy, yeah. like, oh, crying out. And then it's yeah. not that gory to look at, but you could tell it's like, a, it's like a hundred cuts all over his face, like, fine. Oh, yeah. I almost oh, yeah. wish they hadn't showed us the face because the yeah. sounds were so much worse. They were. Yeah. I thought very he was wet. Open. I thought he was going to be like all muscle, yeah, and, and like esophagus or something like that, and barely able to speak. But yeah, yeah I, right. I almost feel like it wasn't worth it. Envisioned like a disgusting face. 
Totally. A disgusting face. Really? Oh, a disgusting face. <laughs> I like when he, he does he hits his head on the lights too. There's just funny moments of like slapstick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Lee Wanell's good at that. Yeah. And it's definitely a testament to to the you know the acting of uh what the fuck is his name? I'm not familiar. No, I don't know. Tom Logan Hardy, Marshall Green, Tom Hardy, Jr. yeah, Logan Jr. Marshall Green. <laughs> That's an interesting name. It's a serial killer name. Yeah, three, <laughs> three, three names. names. Yeah. Um, nice call, John. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I thought he was good. And that that scene's just. Uh, did you notice that that bathroom was? It had the bisexual lighting. It did. I totally oh, thought I that Hydroberg. I, I give that. you a lot of credit for noticing. What? It totally had bisexual lighting. What's bisexual? Like lighting? the pink and the blue that's... blending with like overlapping oh, it with oh, purple. It's, oh, okay. um, that's that's All a right. it's a thing. Oh, yeah, that's wild. Know. Yeah, I, did, I just I, recently I, learned of bisexual lighting in the past maybe year or so. You're so. really evolving, Hydroberg. I am. I applaud you. I'm. A, it's like I'm up. I'm getting upgraded. You're getting He's up- upgraded. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Oh lordy! Oh man! Oh, what else is there, fellas? I don't know. Shoots what do we think about the? the uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could shoot to the end because there's not really much uh, else. You know, he takes out uh, he takes out Fisk. Which oh, the was, Fisk was, scene I like, think is pretty yeah. important though, because when he, when because there's some lines, there's some some communication and some things that happen in that scene where it's like he's fighting against him, and even Stem is like, I don't know what to do. I've exhausted everything. I can't yeah. like he he knows our every move, but he right. knows to attack him emotionally because he was basically just fed that same information. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he starts talking to him about uh, like your dead wife. You know, he's like giving him this kind of harsh verbiage and it causes mm-hmm. him to lash out. And then that's how Fisk gets the advantage. And then in the end, right before he kills him, he starts talking about, oh, you know, his junkie brother and yeah. carrying him along. And, oh, he wasn't a soldier that day. And then now the emotion comes over fisk and then yeah. that's how Stem's yeah. able to get mm-hmm. the upper hand and so i just i thought that that i thought that that was a, a real important note because stem is stem needed gray in that moment he he tells him do something gray like you have mm-hmm. to do something like he mm-hmm. can't he can't do anything here and so it was it just I, I thought it was very interesting i think there's some ideas there that i can't quite fully flush out but i think that there's I think there's some meaning there that can be can be really uh, delved into. Well, there's a little bit of a symbiotic, uh, like relationship with them in a sense. Well, I think what it is 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 going back to what uh, Gray was saying in the beginning of the film, which is there are still some things that machines can't do, and mm-hmm. there's still I think that that's a really really important scene, John. You're right because it highlights the one thing that machines can't do. And like with all this blending that's going on between uh, humans and machines, there is, there is, and still always will be one thing that keeps us from being machines. Like there may, there may come a time when the two are indistinguishable, but the one thing that separates us is the, the capacity for emotions mm-hmm. and the, and the machines don't have that yet. And I pray to God never will. So Word. Um, yeah. that's, I think that's the, I think that's the message there is that like, despite it all, despite all of this blending of, of life and non-life, yeah, totally. um, that's, that's the one thing that separates us still. I'll tell you what hit me too, is at the end when he shoots Cortez, mm-hmm. yeah. I, thought, I thought that was going to play out differently. I was like, all right, so something's like, you know, something's going to budge here and stem's going to like pop out he's going to be an invalid now again or whatever and that's just the life he's going to have to learn to live you know without stem again 
Can you imagine if the stem just, if the chip just fucking fell out of his neck, like a oh, dental oh, implant that didn't take right. like, <laughs> and the just, fuck out? Like, shoddy surgeonmanship. Like, yeah. I mean, he did do it in his home, Jacqueline. So. I know. It's like, you know, yeah. person's home. no regulation or anything. Experimental mm-hmm. sci fi surgery. But to your point, as Leo would say, um, no, I think that's, to be honest with you, I think that scene has more emotional impact than the death of the wife. Yeah. Because we spent more time with this person. And I actually really like Detective Cortez. I like watching her like investigation because we're and getting to. Yeah, she's trying to do the right thing. She doesn't yeah. have the full picture of what's going on, but she's trying to like keep Gray from destroying himself, he, trying to like keep him from creating more mayhem. And, you know, we see kind of a cat and mouse interplay with them throughout this whole thing. I wouldn't call it like an affectionate relationship, Catching but there is a relationship. Like murder scenes. What? He said she keeps catching him like in his wheelchair uh, at murder scenes. There, yeah, there. I, so I mean, there is a dynamic between them. There's an interplay between them, and I we get to know her a lot better than we got to know the wife. And I actually find that 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 final scene more emotionally impactful than the than the death of the wife because it's like she's an innocent. You know, both characters are innocent in the whole mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, but we. I mean, I I don't think most of us were expecting her to just you know get right knocked off like that um like you said it's it's, it felt like there was going to be some kind of hail mary or some last minute thing that like oh he's able to overcome but nope so we think he does though because at that moment where he's going to take charge and he pulls the gun he's going to shoot himself in the implant and we're like it looks it looks like it happens yeah and then we go back to that oh there's that moment earlier too where he has a dream and he's like he saw his wife but he he swears it didn't feel like a dream. Right. She, I, she says, I printed a pizza and grabs him. And he's like, he yeah. can like feel, he's like grabbing his arm. And like, that same space is like where he ends up after right. this break. Yep. Basically, Stem had to like drive him to this break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was t- the goal all along to yeah. get him to like, to get his mind out of there. VR. To get yeah. his mind out of there. So like, just to clarify, did so did he, did he or did he not actually physically shoot himself? Because it seems like he no, because he no. able to, he was able to he like walk away. You know? And then right. the next sequence was now you're in this okay. room. That's yeah. what I thought, but it was a little unclear. I got a little confused. It was sure. late. I was tired. Um, and I think that was basically Stem being like, "All right, here I boxed you in. Now here right. you are. Yeah, you that's a that's a brutal ending, and I'm I'm glad it is that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like and the, like the coldness and abruptness with which he's just like. Okay, I got him out of here. That's all yeah, I needed. Aaron's Goodbye. Dead. And then shoots her. And he just walks out too. I mean, that is so yeah. like no ceremony, no pomp, and no speech, no just like goodbye. And then he he gives like, the line the way a the... machine would. Right, yeah. right. The like fact your computer that he was so resistant to technology is what made him the perfect candidate for this thing too, because he just couldn't put himself in like it. And and anybody with implants, or I guess maybe it was like hesitant to do that because they thought it could be rejected or something. Because well, and he, Cortez was supposed I, to be like his kind of counterpart too, right? Because I mean, she kind of gives him the whole speech about I'm a hands on, you is. know, I get out there in the streets and I like to get my boots going. Like mm-hmm. she seemed seemed like she was kind of like, you know, the the female version of him on the force, like not relying on drone footage. And you know, she liked to get out there and do it herself, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a perfect ending, actually. And I do like that one moment where... um the uh, uh what's his name not gray anymore whatever stem uh tastes his own blood once he's yeah. in the driver's seat it's very symbolic i feel like and then he's like 
that said he walks out and upgraded. Like what, what happens now? Who, I don't know. Is this a new race of man? Like, what is this? Like, it's it's, it's I, a I new, thought, new I, own thing. It's a being it, but. I thought he was just like, like imitating what he did uh, at the yeah. beginning of the movie when he like cut his finger and he. Oh, on the car. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like it's, a call, it's a call. Back, yeah. That's yeah. a good call, John. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely right. And it was like a little bit of him still in there. You think? Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yeah. Or just the AI, like imitating, yeah. imitating and learning. Who kn- that's Maybe. the thing. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, I do like the ending. I think it. I think it definitely hits because this movie's like, all right, it takes you for a little ride. It's a little zany, and it's like a you know investigation. There's some cool gore, but I think the end being like tying in all the sci-fi stuff and making it hit, um, you know, in a moment where you're just like, oh shit! And it was a twist too that I felt earned, and it wasn't like there are breadcrumbs there. If you want to like, you know, when you watch a second time, you can see some of it going on. But I think all I think all the red herrings mostly work. Like there's a moment where you think Cobalt's involved and oh, yeah. maybe espionage on, you know, on the wife. Um, if they had just built up the wife a little bit more, some of these red herrings probably would have paid off better, too. And then, yeah. you know, there's Iran. So it's like, oh, Iran's just power hungry. He's, he's does these, you know, he's doing an experimental fucking design thing here with some new tech that he's not supposed to be doing under the radar. So maybe he's he makes a perfect bad guy, and then when you finally find out it's STEM, it's like too late by then. You're like, oh yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole time. I was too I was too ready to believe because I, I like to me, Aaron was like an avatar for Elon Musk. I was like <laughs> too ready to believe he was like the evil mastermind behind it all. I was like, and then at the, you know before you get the final, t- I was like. When when he kind of finds his way back to Aaron, I was like, "Yeah, I knew it all along. He was the bad guy. I was yeah. right." And then it wasn't. I really. thought like STEM is not necessarily like maybe the best, but he's working. You know, for he's doing everything because Aaron Aaron put him in there. You know what I mean? And that's what he's meant for. Right. But then the, to find out that like he's involved the entire time, I just wonder like what kind of leverage did this little fucking computer chip have over Aaron? Like, you don't think Iran ever tried to put it inside himself at one point or something like that? Because he's controlled through, like, an earpiece, so he's obviously not connected to it. Right. Well, and he said that it had been running the company for years, right? So, I mean, I would imagine he'd have to have some kind of... What did it keep him, like... Yeah, otherwise he, like, crashed the whole company. All these documents that prove that you did this or whatever, like, it basically blackmailed him into, like... Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's what I assume. Yeah. So interesting to think about this little tiny, like, fucking supercomputer just, like forming its own uprising <laughs> out of being a computer chip and then finding the perfect candidate and then putting mm-hmm. it in. Yeah. It's interesting. I like it. It's a cool world that he built. Yeah. Cool and scary. Vision. I appreciate yep. it. Oh, you want to get into the review? Yeah. Yep. All right. Hydroberg, it's your pick. So you go first, sir. All right. Yeah. Um, like I just said, it, interesting premise. Uh, the intrigue that the story presented, I thought was good. And it kept me guessing towards the end. Um, I love the aesthetic with this one too. Like it, like I said, it's got this like Cronenberg, Cronenbergian whatever uh, feel to it um, that I'm totally here for. Uh, it doesn't like it's not like it's aping that kind of style, but it it could sit well with those sort of films. Because uh, we just covered uh, Video Drum a couple weeks back, and I thought that it was kind of good. It'd be a good pairing maybe with this. Interesting. Um, the present future esque like setting, I really like that. I like that it's not so far fe- future where I can't, I, you know, I still feel connected to this world, even though it's not necessarily my world per se, but it's like an, a, an extension of that or a, a vision of what this world could be like in a couple more years. I thought the gore was fantastic. Uh, 
it's practical for the most part and a good blend of CGI if there's CGI in there. I think it all worked really well for me. I thought there was a great score and sound design. Um, just really good sound stuff going on in the background. Little stuff that just kind of keeps you in this world. I like that. Um, some really good acting, I thought, too, on Logan Marshall Green's part, especially. Um, I like the voice of STEM as well. The actor who played him is really good. Um, everybody else was okay. Like, not bad. They were serviceable. But, like, nobody ever got a long time to shine anyway. So, like, there's not much to those other characters, you know? Henchmen, cool. Fisk was cool. You know, Ned Flanders uh, upgraded evil. Cool. Uh, but, you know, like, Eron... He's like an Elon clone, sort of. Um, you're not that interesting of a character just because we didn't really, you know, find out much about him until the end. But I don't know. Um, I did really, we touched on it. The cinematography, man, camera work. Really cool stuff with the camera, I thought. Uh, some intense action and gore all in one scene. Like, the effects just capture all of it. It's very slick. It's just, it's a very slick-looking film. The relationship between Grey and Asha, I was not invested in. It just didn't develop. It, it was not, it didn't feel genuine for me, unfortunately. Uh, the movie still is able to move along after that, and it still works for the most part, but it could have been better with that element. Asha just doesn't... Asha, I mean, she doesn't feel... Like, she doesn't feel developed as a character. She's just... She's the catalyst of Grey's story, but, like, I think their love for one another is, is supposed to be, like, the driving force here, and it should show better. It doesn't. Um, we get it. You love her, and she's your wife, and you want to adventure, but, like, I don't know. There's so many movies that do that. The twist at the end is not bad. It's very earned, I thought, for the most part. But I do think that that could have been developed like a little bit also. I like show or just like show me the fear in Iran a little bit more or like show me a hint of the fact that he's controlled by STEM somehow in the beginning or just something to kind of I don't know if I ever got that. He's just like a recluse. He's sort of weird. But there was never any moment where I thought like STEM was at, you know, in control at all that you could have showed me that at all. Um, just a little hint where someone, I don't know, maybe really observant would have picked it out. Um, and I do think Fisk's group, the ideology behind them, it's wishy-washy. I'm interested in it. Show me more or just cut it out. I don't know. You know, I'm sort of like, don't give me some of it. Um, the new race of man, interesting. The upgraded, cool. Felt as if they were more the underdeveloped, though, instead. Um, the movie itself, though, with that said, I did really enjoy this one. So I'm going to give Upgrade 8 out of 10 handguns to the face. Handguns. <laughs> handguns. I like it. And I couldn't think of a great one. And I like the handgun aesthetic thing. I just kind of like that. It's very yeah. video game It was, yeah. Yeah. Assassin's Creed-ish. Uh, if I could, uh, I would like, uh, John, would you like to go next? Or could I? Yeah, he's no. our guest. He should go. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, yeah, this was, I, I really enjoyed it. Um. I talked about, you know, horror and all that. Uh, I thought we had a really good discussion about that. And it, it made me, you know, think a little bit more on on the movie as it was. And um, I really like uh, the main character, Logan Gray. Uh, he's he I, I thought he did a fantastic job. I think the moments where he's he's playing the quadriplegic, it seemed and the the way he was able to do his his hands and his muscles like it just it came across like it, he he absolutely smoked it i thought did a fantastic job uh the story is it's very interesting to me um definitely scary a scary thought to just be 100% dependent on on anything you know let alone something that you know could malfunction and potentially take over the world um there's cons. I don't I don't have a whole lot of cons, you know. I don't really want to beat a dead horse. I think, you know, you Hyderberg said it pretty good with uh 
the Asha, that the character, that's that's definitely um, a point. I think there's a couple of points in the movie where I, I get a little bit lost um, as far as, you know, Fisk and the people were, are, were uh, how much of a point were they? Were they trying to get him? I just think it gets a little bit convoluted in, in certain points. Um, but I, I loved it. I thought the ending was fantastic. I was so happy that it, it ended where it was just like, no, nah, this is one of those movies that the it's it's over. It's done. He's taken over. And that's that. Uh, so so it, it, it really hit all the chords for me. I thought it was solid. I, I appreciated it. I would give it seven and a half handguns to the face. <laughs> all right. Hand guns to the face. All right. Oops, that autocorrected weird. OK, seven point five from John. Other John, what do you say? Juan. Juan. Get these <laughs> um, I was ready to shit all over this movie. <laughs> I thought the acting was really, really good in this movie. Um, I feel that this was very horror adjacent. Um, it just it, it felt more like a sci-fi fantasy movie to me. But I really like the acting. I love the camera work. I, I really, really like Lee Winnell. I like what he does with the camera. Um, did we mention the little homage to Saw in this movie? Oh, Billy on the wall. Yeah, yeah, you see Billy no, on the wall. And when he like, goes hey, to that, me, <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> did we mention that that when he goes to the hacker's uh, um, apartment, it says J Wan, James Wan, his buddy. Nice. Um, nice little Easter eggs, yeah, uh, yeah, it really was. You know, I think James, I I think Lee Winnell actually puts a lot of thought into his movies. Um, but this didn't really feel like a big horror movie to me, it felt like like, like a sci fi fantasy. But I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm, I I think this fits on our show. Um, I didn't love everything about this movie. The acting was fine. Uh, the gore was fine. The camera shots were fine. But it just, it, it didn't, like, it wasn't cohesive for me. So, um, and Jacqueline, I'm going to let you go. Um, I'm going to give this a, a I was going to give it a, like, a 4.5, but I'm bumping it up to a 6.5 out of 10. Um, oh. Handguns to the face? No. Oh, you're no, doing no, no, something no. different. I'm, oh, okay. I'm doing something different. Um, six point five out of ten. Uh, stitched up spinal cords. I guess. <laughs> okay. Six point okay. five yeah. out of ten. Stitched up spinal cords. Get it. Would you guys say that uh, the main character in this movie is more human than human? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if I would say that, but maybe there's somebody out there who, who would might... say. That? I wonder who, who might would say that? that. You couldn't I mean Rob Zombie. Whoa! <laughs> Could you? Thanks, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Got oh it out. <laughs> Ring a ding ding. That's funny. I'm yeah. really glad you, you caught that one. <laughs> I was like, maybe he doesn't know that song. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 thank God I was like, everyone's staring at me. Like what the, the hell is going on, on right now? <laughs> 
I forget because uh, you have a side camera, so you can't. You're not looking directly at us. No, I'm like, looking at you guys. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm yeah, my camera is here. Yeah, but... Oh, okay. I was wondering. So my that. yeah, my computer screen is here, but this it's a long story. We're streaming because it's streaming. Okay. All right. I see. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for that, John. Yeah. Like stitches to the spinal cord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jacqueline. Uh, oh, thanks. Not... I was wondering if yeah. anybody's going to ask me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually have to say, John, not not Juan, but John, I think you said exactly what I was thinking um, in terms of my criticisms. I really only had the two, just mm-hmm. like the weak uh, development of the relationship between Gray and his wife. And uh, I think th- I agree that things got a little convoluted in terms of the explanation, like the what's up with the, the Fisk gang and like, what do they really want out of the situation? Like, how far does that go? And why is he being led back to them? I just, I got a little confused, but, um, but beyond that, I think it was actually a really strong movie. I found it really inventive and like, despite taking some very common and very familiar tropes and themes and stuff, like how many movies are there about a guy whose wife or dog or whoever gets killed and he's on a quest for revenge. Right. Or, um, you know, somebody, somebody going on. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, so for a lot of the movie, I I was finding myself thinking, like, where is when is Keanu going to show up? Because this yeah. feels like a blend of The Matrix and John Wick, well. uh, like, but, but plus a little 2001 thrown in. But um, yeah, so there's familiar themes like uh, technology taking over, you know, movies that have nothing to do with technology, but just somebody on a quest for vengeance. I mean, some familiar themes here, but the way they're put together, I think, is entertaining i think it's uh very stylish i think it's been brought up to our technological moment uh which is easy to relate to i mean i i don't know how this movie's going to hold up in like 20 years but mm-hmm. for right now i think it is very salient and um so i i think it really works i really admire the acting performance of the guy who played gray i cannot remember his three names but um i think he really carries a lot of the movie um i think he really carries the emotional weight and he i think he like makes us feel the stakes of every moment and as i said before i think he carries us through a lot of emotional ups and downs he's able to bring off these humorous moments in a way that feels authentic and not just like forced in there like some actors could not do that but i think he really does he like um he makes it work and then there's some goddamn dead serious moments you know his his desire to end it all um his his desire to do the right thing and his desire to not do the right thing sometimes but he can't bring himself to do it you know the moments that he turns it over to the machine but also the moments that he resists the machine i mean i think he there's a lot of like mm, i think he has a lot of conflicting emotions at various points in the movie and i think he makes us feel them all in a nuanced way I, I really think it was an outstanding acting performance actually i think it was pretty well written pretty tight tight paced tightly scripted um minus the the sort of mishmash it gets into with with some of the stuff near the end um that you mentioned john but overall i think this is a really successful film i think it's like it's tense it's entertaining um, I, and as I as I mentioned, I feel like there's high stakes, or like we we feel like there are high enough stakes to to go on. Um, and plus, I just think it looks really cool. It's, yeah. a, it's like a really good looking movie. So I I think this is a good a good uh, good work by Lee Wanell. I give it eight out of ten handguns to the face. 
Nice. I do indeed. Not bad overall. I mean, I'm I'm yeah, six point five to eight all the Yeah. way through. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, and from the beginning, You I was know, I, I I remember I don't know too, what John John was gonna do. I forgot John John said before on the show he's not a big sci fi guy, uh as far as like he doesn't really you don't dig that as much in your horror. I know that too. Uh Yeah. See, I really do. I like that a lot. so with this being more adjacent my taste. to it's not like full blown horror, so That makes Yeah. sense. Like it's a fun watch. Yeah, like, and, you know, as per our, our earlier conversation, I don't know if I would call this a horror movie, but, I, like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, who cares? So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you guys want to hear a little bit of trivia? There's not a Yeah. ton, Sure. but a few a few good little factoids. Uh, okay, so I think this was mentioned several times during our conversation was there were some really cool camera shots where it seems to, like, really track, like, the camera seems to be moving exactly with him, kind of like how it looks if you're holding a GoPro or, like, have a go like a selfie stick, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it looks that way. During the fight scenes, the camera often tracks Gray so that he remains in the middle of the frame. And according to Lee Wanell, this was achieved by hiding a phone somewhere on the actor. And then um, the the kind of camera they were using, I guess it was called like a mini Alexa or something. And it it like tracks the gyroscope in the phone and pairs with it. And so it just like follows it exactly so that it gets that that look, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like he's jumping out of focus and then back in. It's so weird. So I th- it looked so cool. I, I thought it was a great effect. Um, so this is interesting. The film was originally titled Stem, which the the website Movie Insider credits as a separate movie from Upgrade that Wanell will eventually make. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Oh, Wow. Maybe the sequel. Yeah. It's going to be like a split sort of deal. You know what I mean? Like uh, all of a sudden he's going to come up with another film. It's going to be a sequel without telling us. Yeah, so he well he has he has said that he would love to do a sequel to this movie and then there has also been some talk about taking the idea for a sequel and turning it into a TV series. Um but setting it a few years even more into the future so that's like STEM has become more advanced now. So like I would watch the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. If he has a child with somebody right now, what does that do? Those are the hard-hitting I mean, nothing. questions, It doesn't alter. Everybody. Well, I mean, it wouldn't alter your genetic material. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. What if? What about his consciousness? Now, some of that maybe goes into the baby. You know what I mean? The baby. The baby. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, this okay. So, John, I said something earlier when you mentioned the Invisible Man. So, here's my trivia about that. The company Cobalt, Cobalt is refer- referenced throughout the film, a high-tech military prosthetics firm, which employed Asha and provided several of the advanced upgrades used by the assassins, including optical implants. By the way, that was cool when the guy stuck his like needle finger Oh, into yeah. Tolan's Oh, yeah. eye, and then he could see everything he saw. But it included audio, which like it shouldn't have included audio. It was just his eyeball. Anyway. Maybe that's where it's based to. So he drew. Yeah, So... you're right. In the next film Lee Wanell made, The Invisible Man, Cobalt is the high-tech optics company founded by Cecilia's abusive ex, Adrian Griffin. Mm. Nice. Oh, boy. So since the two films are set several decades apart, and I have trivia about that too, That guy has it's a layer too. His sort of fucking house. mm-hmm. It's likely that they're quietly set in a shared universe and that both iterations of Cobalt are at the are the same company at different times. Mm. Oh, that's cool. So here's my trivia about the time frame. Um, let me find that. Okay. So when Gray is reviewing the autopsy report from um, Asha's autopsy, there's a moment, like a split second moment, where you can see that her birth date is 2008. 
and she's supposed to be 38 when she dies. So that means the setting of the film is in 2046. Mm. Like, you an idea oh. of the time frame there. Mm. Um, this was interesting. I did not notice this, but it makes perfect sense. In the first fight scene, after Stem takes over Gray's body, you can see that you can see Gray use his hand to turn his head in order to dodge a punch. It's because Stem only controls him from the neck down. Yeah, that's right. Oh wow! It doesn't control oh, him. He's about to take a punch, so Stem knew that. <laughs> and cool. so oh, damn, to make sure he moved, his, I didn't notice it at all. But when I read, I it, noticed I like, oh, that yeah. scene, but not the context of like why it was happening. That right. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why. Uh, okay, you already mentioned about the blood and the finger. Okay. Um, financially, I think this movie did pretty well. It had a three million dollar budget, and it um, pulled in seventeen million at the box office. You got a little word of mouth too, I think, because it wasn't like highly marketed from what I remember. It was like there was some cool marketing, it was flashy, but I don't think people knew what to make of the film, too. Yeah. This was during a time that I was completely unaware of like what was going on because I had a baby and I was pregnant with my next baby. And so I was just like, not clued in. But so I missed the marketing on this one, but I'm glad I saw it now. Um, This maybe this will mean something to you guys. Probably it means nothing to me. Logan Marshall Green based Gray's movement while under Stem's control on that of the character Zenyatta in the video game Overwatch. Okay. No. Anybody know that game? I don't know it. No. Oh, no, I'm okay. definitely familiar. Never played it. But. Is Zenyatta the? Is that the 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 Hindu one? It's like a healer or something like that. I honestly have I've since yeah. I have no clue. I played Overwatch like the first one for a little while, but not like enough to really remember everybody. Totally. I'll have to check that out. Better you than me. Yeah. And that is all the trivia I have, boys. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, that was super fun talking with you guys about this. Yeah, man. That was a good movie. That was a really enjoyable movie. That was like, I think, one of my uh, one of my favorites that, that have been new to me in the past couple of months. Nice. John, that was a good debate that you pulled out of there, too, with the... Uh... Totally yeah, like I said, I, I was definitely interested. I just didn't want to be that guy to be like, what's no, up? No, other John, I'm talking to fake How John. Dare oh, you. Yeah. How dare you, John? Oh, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> the no, you should have said Juan. Bring up an issue. <laughs> yeah. Juan, yeah. sorry. No. Next time we have an argument like that, we got to get Randy from uh, Straight Chilling On because he hates like labels and genres and classifications. I thought we were going too far. I was like, ah, just... Randy would be uh, looking down his nose at us. Mm. But fun. anyway. <laughs> um so juan yes next week it's your pick and i'm so excited about it please tell us what your pick is for next week oh, oh boy we're gonna start off 2024 the right way we're gonna talk about the 1997 norwegian film called funny games uh, i am extremely excited for this it's a little di- i think it's like a little different for us i don't know if we've done a movie quite like this before it's fucked, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It is fucked up. It is up. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it, John? No. Funny games? Oh. I've seen it. I think a long time ago. But Oof. Oof. That's I've a movie that re- really... I think I've seen both, but I'm not positive. <clears throat> yeah, there, I, I mean, there's not much point, in my opinion, in seeing both, but... Um, I'm curious. I, well, let me look it up. Look what up? Uh, Just to see when that... Uh, the the remake came out. Hold on one second. Hold Say on. 03, maybe? No, I think it came out a year after. Oh, was it that soon after? I Good. think so. It's 10 years apart. Is it really? Oh, okay. 97 and 2007. No You're right. kidding. Yeah, 2007. The wow. One, um, yeah, I Naomi Watts is in the remake. Uh, 
Yeah, I think most of us have seen the 2007 remake uh, with Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. But man, we're watching the original. Good. I've seen both. And like, there's just it's I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say it's a psycho situation. But I mean, it's kind of a it's a it's kind of a what's the point situation. Yeah. <laughs> you just go like. They're just, I mean, we can, I'll, we can save this conversation for next week about the, the, the existence of the remake, but you know, we can talk about that. Can I also say that, that if you have a problem with children being. Be careful. Just save it for next week. Yeah. All right. We'll yes. save it. I'll shut up. Just, All right. just watch that's, it. That's it. Next week. <laughs> okay. Funny games. 97. Yep. Make sure. Yeah, then we're definitely covering the ninety-seven one. So that's. Yep. Um, you said it's Norwegian. I think so. Okay. Yeah. In the meantime, if you want to weigh in on what genre <laughs> uh, upgrade is, please email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on X. Oh, at cut above horror. Sorry, I forgot to say the handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, X Elon Musk's uh, site. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at um, <laughs> cut above one word dot horror underscore review. Do you think that Twitter has secretly like gone rogue in its like algorithm and it's like holding Elon Musk hostage and that's why he's made all these crazy decisions oh, and stupid yeah, actions lately? And the rockets yeah, going in space have something to do with it too. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So I think maybe so. that's what's really going on and here. Maybe maybe old Elon is really innocent after all. Yeah. Maybe we should go on Threads instead of x that's the that's the new movement i'm open mm. to that conversation anyway okay sorry we'll you're gonna ask john it. something I yeah i was gonna ask john or one where can we find you buddy me i'm uh pretty much the same anywhere you look it up all social medias is at kinetic underscore onslaught o-n-s-l-o-t um on twitch twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught mm-hmm. uh play a lot of uh Stream strictly NES old games, video games. So uh Super Mario Bros, all that old, old stuff. Oh, um yeah. really old stuff. <laughs> yes, that's the kind old. of video games I know and remember and understand. That's they're the perfect. Jacqueline, my... that's why, because they're perfect in that every is the extent <laughs> of my Barbie. Barbie was fantastic. I know a lot of people got a lot of Barbie jokes, but that game was really fun. That was a good game. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it. You know, people come by, it's live. So, you know, there's an interaction. If you want to chat and tell me what a, a terrible job I did on this uh, episode, please come by twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught and uh, let me know. Uh, yeah, we have fun. We talk movies, video games, just kind of whatever the, the, the mood is that night. Uh, and by the way, John, no, that's not it. You got another podcast. Plug it. Oh, that. <laughs> yes. Well, I do a little show with uh, someone you guys might know, uh, Hydraberg. I like to call him Big Berg. Thank you. Uh, on the Cinemigos. Uh, we, uh, each week, uh, we discuss a new film that the others haven't seen to expand our cinematic horizons. So come on by. It's a it's a great time. We uh, The big red one just came out. I think we, we talked about that yeah. earlier. Yeah. We, we got a good one next week. We're doing the road. Oh, that was a good. That was a good conversation. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was a heavy one. That's a hell of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Me, 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 and both oh, me boy. and John have read the book too. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy fuck. It's a hell of a book. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. That was a fun one. Yeah. All right, I'll plug. Our, uh, I'll 
plug ours. Facebook, yeah. a cut above, colon, horror review. Make sure that you get the Cinemigos, the five-star ratings on uh, iTunes and our, uh, what is it, Spotify, and uh, cut above, horror review. Make sure you give us those five-star ratings. Thank you. Cool. So, yeah, for next week, everybody just go ahead and watch the 1997 version of Funny Games, and we'll see you back here next week to talk all about it. And keep it creepy.